0: You see, the reason you want to be better is the reason why you aren't. We aren't better because we want to be. Because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Because all the do-gooders in the world, whether they're doing good for others or doing it for themselves, are troublemakers. On the basis of, kindly let me help you or you'll drown, said the monkey, putting the fish safely up a tree. we white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, British, German, American, have been on a rampage for the past hundred or more years to improve the world. We have given the benefits of our culture, our religion, our technology to everybody, except perhaps the Australian Aborigines. And we have insisted that they receive the benefits of our culture, even our political styles, our democracy. You better be democratic or we'll shoot you. <laughs> And having conferred these blessings all over the place, we wonder why everybody hates us. See, because sometimes doing good to others, and even doing good to oneself, is amazingly destructive. Because it's full of conceit. How do you know what's good for other people? How do you know what's good for you? If you say uh, you want to improve, then you ought to know what's good for you. But obviously you don't, because if you did, you would be improved. So we don't know. It's like the problem of geneticists, which they face today. I went to a meeting of geneticists not so long ago where they gathered in a group of philosophers and theologians and said, now look here, we need help. We now are on the verge of figuring out how to breed any kind of human character uh, we would want to have. We can give you saints, philosophers, scientists, great politicians, anything you want, just tell us what kind of human beings ought we to breed. So. I said, how will those of us who are genetically unregenerate make up our minds what genetically generate people might be? Because I'm afraid very much that our selection of virtues may not work. It may be like, for example, this new kind of high-yield grain which is made and uh, which is becoming ecologically destructive. When we interfere with the processes of nature and breed efficient plants and efficient animals, there's always some way in which we have to pay for it. And I can well see that eugenically produced human beings might be dreadful. We could have a plague of virtuous people. (laughs) Do you realize that? Any animal considered in itself is virtuous, it does its thing, but in crowds they're awful. Like a crowd of ants or locusts on the rampage all perfectly good animals but it's just too much i could imagine a perfectly pestiferous mass of a million saints <laughs> so i said to these people look there's the only thing you can do just be sure that a vast variety of human beings is maintained don't please breed us down to a few excellent types excellent for what we never know how circumstances are going to change and how our need For different kinds of people changes. At one time, we may need very individualistic and aggressive people. At another time, we may need very cooperative, team-working people. At another time, we may need people who are full of interest in dexterous manipulation of the external world. At another time, we may need people who explore into their own psychology and are introspective. There is no knowing, but the more varieties and the more skills we have, obviously, the better. So, you see, here again, the problem comes out in genetics. We do not really know how to interfere with the way the world is. The way the world actually is, is an enormously complex, interrelated organism. The same problem arises in medicine, because the body is a very complexly interrelated organism. And if you look at the body in a superficial way, you may see there's something wrong with it. Here's chickenpox. And there's spots that itch that come all out all over the place. Well, you might say, well, spots are there, cut them off. So you kill the bug. Well, then you find you've got real problems. Because you had to introduce some bugs to kill the bug. It's like bringing rabbits into Australia. <laughs> and that starts going all over the place and getting out of hand. Well, then you think, well, now, wait a minute. It wasn't the bugs in the blood, there are bugs all over the place. What was wrong with this person that his blood system suddenly became vulnerable to those particular bugs? His resistance wasn't up. Therefore, what you should have given him was not an antibiotic, but vitamins. Okay, so we're going to build up his resistance. But resistance to what? You may build up resistance to this and this and this class of bugs, but then there's another one that loves that situation and comes right in. See, we always look at the human being medically in bits and pieces, because we have heart specialists, lung specialists, bone specialists, nerve specialists, and so on. And they each see the human being from their point of view. There are a few generalists, but they realise the human body is so complicated that no one mind can understand it. And furthermore, supposing we do succeed in healing all these people of their diseases, what do we then do about the population problem? I mean, we've stopped cholera, the black bubonic plague, we're getting the better of tuberculosis, we may fix cancer and heart disease. Then what will people die of? Well, they let's go on living. There will be enormous quantities of us. Then we have to fix this birth thing, pills for everybody. Then we find what are the effects, the side effects of those pills? What are the psychological effects upon men and women of not breeding uh, children in the usual way? We don't know. And what seems a good thing today, or yesterday, like DDT, turns out tomorrow to have been a disaster. What seemed in the moral and spiritual sphere too, like great virtues in times past, are easily seen today as hideous evils. Let's take, for example, the Inquisition. In its own day, among Catholics, the Holy Inquisition was regarded as we today regard the practice of psychiatry. You you see, you you feel that in curing a person of cancer, almost anything is justified. The most complex operations, the most weird surgery, people suspended for days and days on end, on the end of tubes, with X-ray penetration burning, or people undergoing shock treatment, people locked in the colourless, monotonous corridors of mental institutions. In all good faith, they knew that witchcraft and heresy were terrible things, awful plagues, imperiling people's souls forever and ever. So any means were justified to cure people of heresy. We don't change. We're doing the same thing today but under different names. We can look back at those people and see how evil that was, but we can't see it in ourselves. So therefore, beware of virtue. Lao Tzu, the Chinese philosopher, said, the highest virtue is not virtue, and therefore really is virtue. But inferior virtue cannot let go of being virtuous, and therefore is not virtue translated uh, in more of a periphrastic way, the highest virtue is not conscious of itself as virtue, and therefore really is virtue. Lower virtue is so self-conscious that it's not virtue. In other words, when you breathe, you don't congratulate yourself on being virtuous. But breathing is a great virtue. It's living. When you come out with beautiful eyes, blue or brown or green as the case may be, you don't congratulate yourself for having grown one of the most fabulous jewels on earth. So it's just eyes. And you don't account it a virtue. To see, to entertain the miracles of colour and form. You say, oh, that's just... But that's real virtue. Virtue in the sense, the old sense of the word, a strength, as when we talk about the healing virtue of a plant. That's real virtue. But the other virtues are stuck on. They are ersatz, they are imitation virtues. And they usually create trouble. Because more diabolical things are done in the name of righteousness. And be assured that everybody of whatever nationality or political frame of mind or religion always goes to war with a sense of complete rightness. The other side is the devil. Our opponents, whether in China or Russia or Vietnam, have the same feeling of righteousness about what they're doing as we have on our side. And a plague on both houses. Because, as Confucius said, the goody-goodies are the thieves of virtue. Which is the form of our own proverb, the road to hell is paved with good intentions.
1: Thank you, Alan Watts, for telling us that there is no hope
2: and no options to take. As always, that was by After School YouTube channel. After S K O O L, we recommend you uh, subscribe to that channel. They do they do some good stuff.
1: Uh, if you guys want to see more content like this, we are definitely not sponsored and not working with them. We should contact after school and see see what they're up to. But, uh, and then they'll look at what we do in our live stream. And, and- then completely reject us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you guys want to find similar content to this, there's with the animations. This is a great channel. It helps really illustrate things literally uh, in real time. And it makes things a lot more digestible. But I figured... Because we have that one petty complaint that I'm never gonna let go of that we need something educational to open up everything with. That's your education. <laughs> we give you the education. And it also makes a really good starting point for the conversations because I know there's only so many dick jokes we can open up with before we get before out. we get dicked out. Impossible.
2: Impossible.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. what's great about this is that we've have we have been touching on this subject quite a bit. And I really enjoyed the part where he plays out what happens if there was the utopia of those, if everybody was just a saint, a virtuous person already, and we got rid of all the health problems, then inevitably we just lead to overpopulation, which we have to find a way to solve that. And then it becomes even a bigger mess Mm. and all, but uh, never thought about it in such a literal sense, but even practically, it just wouldn't
2: work at all. He did a great job of predicting the future, I think with armies of useless saints. I think that's what what we have now. Clicktivism, virtue signaling, and it's not virtue. It's just a cheap uh, drive to win points in a narcissistic game. I wonder when he said this, because
1: he was popular around the hippie time, hippie era, right? 60s, 70s. Late, late yeah. 60s, early 70s. And I would say this talk is way more accurate now than it was probably back then
2: yeah it, it does it does go to show that um, the issue of people who felt like they knew what was good for the rest of society goes back a long time does that um, quote from Nietzsche in thus spake Zarathustra which is um, late 1800s he wrote that as a whole poem um, called Tarantulas, where he talks about people who do virtuous and noble things in the name of charity, but secretly he knows that they're jealous and full of rage and resentment. But it's, it's the masquerading as something good, but uh, with, with nothing behind it. I think it's been a problem that's been with us for a long time, but probably the university complex has made it a broad scale problem, and social media together. So you have this, um, the explosion in the number of students who are brainwashed into this kind of mentality and then they're allowed to engage in clicktivism, which gives us a false sense of the reality of what people really think and what they're really operating from, creates an echo chamber and rebrainwashes other people into the same wokest gibberish. Right, right. And uh, like in my head,
1: the furthest I went along the thought experiment was like, everyone's just gonna be really boring if they're just the exact same and it probably won't end up well but I never thought about what the actual repercussions. I mean occasionally I'll touch in it, but like he goes really far to say, okay, if everyone's a the saint, then what happens right this and this and this and this and this and this yeah. like the the greatest thing is um, the overpopulation situation. So for example, if it we, if we got rid of the whole virtue thing and it was strictly biological, mm-hmm. let's get rid of all the diseases and all of the health problems, okay, then what happens with the population? It's going to boom like crazy, and then we don't have enough resources from there. Then what happens after that? We have to figure out a way to like kill people? (laughs) Like, what?
2: You get to Huxley's Brave New World via Orwell's 1984, probably. So you need a hardline, totalitarianistic, fascist or communist takeover. It doesn't matter which, as long as they have jackboots to stamp on people's faces with. And then once you've won and you've broken the human spirit, you probably would let that evolve into the brave new world scenario. Um, people would be divided based on genetics, based on IQ. The, there would be a new class system, but you would be, bu- you would be engineered into that class system. And uh, you'd spend your life pleasuring yourself, basically, and just mm. doing little of anything.
1: Are you describing what I'm doing nowadays?
2: You live in the brave new world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's sitting your, around pleasuring myself. Sitting around somatizing yourself in your brave new world. Yeah, I mean,
1: but what, what are the other options? Because we know if you do try to put a few steps forward and applying your virtue to your external
2: surroundings, it'll never end up well. Um, Yeah, well, I I'd, I'd sort of feel like that sort of uh, fake virtue that he's talking about is like a donkey with... Um, a carrot attached to its head. Hmm. So Hmm. they're they're constantly moving towards the carrot, not realizing that as they they move forward, the carrot moves further away. But we function that way. I mean, for a certain class of humans, you can only think to a certain level philosophically, and they never think long-term enough. They think that they're moving towards the carrot. They never figure out the carrot's getting further away. That's how utopianism functions. All of this is run on utopianism. But imagine the staggering arrogance of the people involved They think they know what's best for humanity. Mm -hmm. My God, like all of humanity, you, me, and everybody, they're like, no, we have the answer. No, you don't. Mm. No, 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 you don't. What (laughs) what I
1: find uh, ironic and quite funny is when you you see the individuals that think they have the answers to everything from America, Western world, But when they look at some other developing nation, third world place, like they don't know what to do mm. with how that culture lives yeah. because there's a dissonance of like, well, this culture here um, doesn't allow rights for turtles, yep. but it's a different culture. So what do you do? What do I do? Do I tell them what to do or do I just respect it? Wait, I can't respect it because it goes against my values, but then I can't...
2: Yeah, well, Westerners typically would just say, you're not doing that, damn you. But then it didn't always work. It didn't always stick because you can't just kill the population or you can just try and kill them and mutilate them and maim them. That's what a lot of the original Spanish conquistadors did in South America. Um, I don't know, you know, all all over the place for, for, for centuries. You can try and do it that way or you can try and hook people in with religion or money or medicine or science, but it doesn't doesn't always work. There's countless examples, as you rightly say, of people around the world who are like, we're not interested. We don't care about your medicine. We care about your stupid religion or your stupid money. Mm -hmm. That was um, one of the big problems in America when when we hit North America. You're trying to trade with people and say, can I buy this piece of land from you? And they were like, you wanna buy the land we're standing on? And they were like looking at each other, going, "These fucking white people." Are it was like, "What are they saying?" They're trying to buy the land. Yeah. <laughs> like, you go, What can I buy that square of sky as well? Can I buy that? Cloud? I'm surprised
1: they haven't even done that yet, though. We have. Well, have we, we are. Where's the sky?
2: We're there now. Oh, really? With uh, okay. Elon Musk thrusting his oh, okay, sperm-like satellites out mm-hmm. into the atmosphere, got it, jizzing okay. on everything. Nice. That's the next. That's the next phase. Is who owns the satellite space? And what level of space we'll have up there? Yeah. Um, so we will own the sky. Of it, it's
1: just almost as if Western imperialism is just innate in the blood. Like, like even if you want, like even with the intention of let's be tolerant and accept, and then make the utopian world, we just can't help to dominate. Like believe what we believe,
2: even if you don't live where we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's. Uh... It's it's kind of dominance via the back door, isn't it? So we don't yeah. know we're tolerating, yeah. and you must tolerate. <laughs> you go, well, Hank, what? How do you? What do you mean must tolerate? It's like enforced compassion at the end of a gun. Yeah. Be compassionate. It doesn't work like that, you freaks. How could it possibly? Right. So you, we never we never seem to be aware of the ideology that we're already soaked in, and therefore we never really escape it. It's like in psychology where people rag on Freud, and they use Freudian principles to attack Freud, and I'm like, you can't. You'll never unstick yourself from this now. Like it's mm. it's part of the the very fabric of the way you're constructing words and concepts is is now Freudian and it, it always will be. So yeah, the uh, the Empire building doesn't stop. The colonialism doesn't stop. Now it's a colonialism of ideas.
1: Right, right. And the thing is, it's like it, it's come around in such a discreet or very overt way at the same time, because it wasn't like Westerners just well, I mean still it happens, but Westerners just showed up on actual geographical land and was like pointing muskets and being like, believe what we say. It it now it's coming about like you'll see it out here in the Czech Republic of like a certain sect of you know maybe younger Gen Z types that are just spewing what American Thought mm. is now, and it's like, wait, how did you get that? Yeah, when no one pointed a gun at you, and yeah. no Americans showed up and said, Believe what I believe. Now yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like found a way through the pores of the cultures.
2: Well, this is what Stalin warned against, you know. And what sub- did he say? That was like, communist. what did Stalin say? He said, Keep it out, keep Western decadence and consumerism out. And then in 1988, uh, I don't know how long after the, the collapse of, <laughs> of communist control in 1988, the Czech Republic would have had its first McDonald's. So the colonialism mm. would have begun with McDonald's and Coca-Cola, which mm. the people would have welcomed with open arms. Like, oh God, yeah, give us some of that Your, good American stuff. I talked to the, some of the people that lived here
1: and apparently... They were really excited to see what American burgers tasted like. They're like, McDonald's and supermarkets. And they lined up for McDonald's for the first time. And they Mm -hmm. ate this shitty, sugary filled piece of wax burger. And they're like, this is what (laughs) the Western freedom is. (laughs) What is this garbage?
2: Yes. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to your freedom. Yes. And it's cheap and it's fake. (laughs) (laughs) And it probably makes you very ill.
1: Yo, man, I will say the fast food out here is better than the fast food in America, because mm. I think some of the ingredients they put in, in the American stuff is illegal.
2: Mm. So the fast food here has to work through better standards. Somebody was saying that the other day. I, was, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. It might have been Timcast, IRL, and they were trying to figure out if uh, high fructose corn syrup is illegal. Hmm. here Uh, it might be in the UK so something that goes into a lot of American products I think we're not allowed to put into the UK we will eventually France originally banned Red Bull Hmm. when Red Bull first came out wasn't allowed to be sold in France but you know money wins at the end of the day
1: yo man like growing up in the States a part of my brain is hooked to like enjoy some of that food so sometimes I'm just craving like crack food so but, but the thing is, my taste buds have changed a lot over the years already. Mm. So if I eat like an Oreo now, it tastes mm. like some fucking like styrofoam chocolate, yeah, you really know? Yeah, are terrible. Yeah, yeah. But, but then a part of my
2: brain is like,
1: oh, I kind of miss that, like
2: chemically, plastic wax if you took it in your childhood you'll always miss it yeah, yeah. so like for Brits there'll be like beans on toast which is something you probably never would have eaten <laughs> yeah. and it's garbage it's Good. absolute nonsense to eat yeah. but if your mum gave it to you when you're a kid you probably will hey, yo, what, want it
1: hold on. Can, can you explain what the fuck that spotted dick thing is? <laughs>
2: yes. what is that dude? when you have unprotected sex oh, okay. with a large number no, of, I already knew uh, that scourges. I was talking about the food I have one <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it's time for your lotion. <laughs> I keep dabbing that lotion on every three hours. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't even remember what spotted dick is. And I think I remember thinking it was tasty. There's a lot of traditional <laughs> English food, like toad in the hole, is tasty. Is like, spotted dick and toad in the hole? Yeah. What else do we have? We have a bunch of stuff. I, I don't really... I wasn't, I wasn't raised there, so I'm not. I'm not massively connected to that stuff. Spotted dick. I'm going to have to look it up. Okay.
1: What is spotted Jeff? While he looks up spotted dick, um, I know uh, there was already a question in the chat, and I knew that a few of you would be questioning why Richard is dressed in a Ibiza, and I'm dressed in St. Petersburg right now. <laughs> because people are genetically different. Yes. <laughs> and we're living examples of that. Yo, Please explain. This, this boy over here needs the room at minus 3 Celsius. I need the room at 70 Fahrenheit California weather and uh i we have to leave the window open because he starts sweating and i'm and i'm fucking freezing my ass off so
2: he's sitting near the window with a tank top on and i'm furthest away from the window wearing a scarf and a leather jacket my genetics were mutated in dark cold icy lands in the far north beyond the wall i'm a white walker from beyond the wall white from the game of thrones yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean oh okay. it's not like a bike again <laughs> People in the chat will be like, "Finally, he comes out." That's why he's got his hair done oh, like goodness. that. He's one of those White Walkers. I mean, from Game of How would it. I
1: justify my association with you if that were the case?
2: Uh, just, just deny everything. Just like I didn't fucking. I don't know, know, him. I don't know, I don't like, know him. guy. I felt sorry for him. I just let him in. He's cold outside, so I let him in. Yeah, but no, I, yeah. I, the I thing struggle. is,
1: is like I. The thing with the sun. Yeah. Big. It's
2: huge, yeah. Warm. It's warm, yeah. It's and, pretty
1: warm. <laughs> it's, and the thing is, if there's a sun there, it's like the type of weather where you don't even know that it's there. Because it's right. warm. It's just mm. there. Mm. And I never realized that how much temperature has actually affected me because I live in California. So you'll get like really fucking hot days some days. 75% of the time, it's just like you don't even realize there's weather. Yeah, you don't have weather no. much. It's, it's just up, neutral. Down, it's is, just no. like a nothingness. Yeah. So and then I came here, and I'm, I'm like... Maybe I can't handle the cold as much as I
2: thought I could. Yeah, it's just cold. We're at minus nine degrees C here in Prague and it's it snow drifts outside. Yeah, it hasn't really snowed out here in a
1: long time. You see mountains on cars and that's super foreign for a Californian.
2: Like, that does not happen, man. I oh, when I last went to California, we went up to Julian and saw snow and the babies played in the snow a little bit. Mm. That was cute. Yeah. They won't see snow again Yo. for a long time. When i first saw the snow out here it was like i felt like five years old i was like making snowballs mm-hmm. on my own just crying yeah crying
3: <laughs>
2: did yeah. you uh, what happened when the cold got into your hands i stopped making the snowmen i a boarding school when they sent me away to boarding school i had not really seen snow since i was a small kid because i've been raised in portugal so i was sent to boarding school and i was like oh snow people make snowmen and have snow fights. So I went out and had snowmen and snow fights. And I was like, what's happened to my hands? <laughs> like, I'm in a lot of pain now. And everybody was going, don't don't you have gloves? So I was like, no, 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 there's no gloves in Portugal. We don't have fucking gloves. Damn. And then, uh, yeah, it was extremely painful. The painful part I found was when the, um, I put my hands over a radiator and it comes back. Yes. The feel, have you ever had that and it comes back? I think so. It's. If you let your hands or any of your extremities get very, very cold, mm. and then you warm them up again rapidly, it's like the nerves go numb and then the nerves switch back on. It's incredibly painful, yeah. Mm. Incredibly painful. So can you wait until
1: we completely reset society and start anew with no system, and then we have to stay out in the snow and the frigid freezing weather and the blazing hot weather with no luxuries?
2: Can I deal? Can I deal with that?
1: Yeah, man. you gotta say, gotta say, fuck the system and
2: just reset everything, right? So, so don't we, don't, know what, we don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do without <laughs> without air uh, conditioning. I get hot, very, very, very. I'm hot right now, but you're yeah. cold right now, right? Oh, the, the scarf is, okay. is doing well. Is okay. A little
1: bit of the cider, you know, can yeah. warm in the face a little bit it's nice. Mm. But yo, but remember we had that conversation where it's like, okay, we either pro- probably find a way to adapt to the system, mm. or we take the agenda of whatever new system wants to be
2: given, put in, mm. or a complete reset of, fuck the system, let's start farming. Wouldn't it be interesting if we were in the middle of a global conspiracy to put us into a system? Uh, I was looking at patent 2020 6 yesterday. That's a real patent. That's his real patent number. This is the movement for cryptocurrency patent that, that Bill Gates funded. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, when you move, you you know, so that you can work and people can, they can track your physical movements nice. and then you get paid cryptocurrency. So full matrix. And then I thought, yeah, there probably is something like that coming. What if we're too incompetent to put it in place though? Mm. Like we actually had little examples of that, small examples in the UK. They tried to do track and trace via the phones, which is something Matt Hancock uh, has been on for four years. You can look at his Twitter feed and he's been looking at tracking, tra- talking about track and trace for years, way before the pandemic. And um, they tried to do it, and they failed. They just couldn't... The idea was there. They just couldn't get it to work. What if we're in, like, a bungled Illuminati conspiracy? <laughs> Where they're dropping the ball? They're like, oh, fuck. We had this perfect opportunity, and we screwed it well, up. Well, definitely.
1: <laughs> like, the whole fucking do- Dogecoin, GameStop shit was mm. definitely not part of the plan. Mm-mm. Like, that, if if... I can actually confidently say some things that completely are outside of the global agenda, if that if there was one. It's yeah. those situations yeah. that pop up, mm. and just complete human incompetence, like, they probably think, if they exist, they have the great plan mapped out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe some things did work out, mm-hmm. but the other half, the little fucking bugs in the matrix yep. are definitely big enough to fuck up the game. You I know? think so,
2: I think so. I think so. I'm going to become more vocal about um, uh, lockdowns. From you know, I said I wasn't going to do anything. I changed my mind.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the timing of you coming to that is with the collective consciousness too. You know, I think you know the whole idea of collective consciousness and even collective unconsciousness has probably solidified to me more during this last year than ever. Mm-hmm. Like it's really shown me the the awareness that everybody kind of follows in waves. It's Mm. not just this complete separation of what everyone else is thinking. Like Mm. It really does feel like a wave where everybody comes to a certain conclusion Mm. and then a pushback and stuff like that. It really... You can just kind of sense it.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was so lost in what you were saying. I didn't have a a reply.
1: Okay, well, let me continue. At least that shows (laughs) that I was listening to you. Yes. But yeah, like the lockdown thing, at this point, even with the mainstream public not even just the general public at large we've all i think collectively you guys can you know tell me in the comments here but i think a lot of people are just becoming really skeptical after the third slash third and a half time out here people are not giving a fuck anymore like it's really like are, is this really working? There is a better solution. What are you doing? You yeah, know?
2: no, we, we we like it's it's becoming it's becoming uh, for me it's becoming irresponsible to not push back on this, and it's it's such an easy thing to do to just be polite and reasonable and sane and just persistently publicly ask certain questions rather than just going because like the Czech the Czech government just said we're doing another 30 days of lockdown. Here's a tweet to let you know. Okay, bye. Yeah, it's like can we can we talk like why is this why is this now so easy for you to just go yeah yeah we just decided we're doing this for another 30 days okay bye and no no explanation no pushback no nothing in the UK the goalposts are changing daily Hmm. we have to vaccinate everybody it's the most important thing to flatten the curve and so we can get out of lockdown we're vaccinating everybody can we come out of lockdown well no it's not that simple there are variants it's like Every time we're going to end this lockdown, you change the goalposts yes. to another thing. So we need to start pushing back on that, and um, I'm I'm going to do more of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the data and the countless amount of times that we are doing it, mm. it's really hard to be like, okay, this is working. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you, if anyone's really like, yeah, this is
2: working, we need to do more of this. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I, like, I went to Miami just recently, and it was no lockdown. And so I looked up the statistics the other day, and I'm like, are, are they just mass? Are they building mass graves in Miami? Are their hospitals completely crashing under the weight of just a huge load of cases of people dying? No. Yeah. So, and I was staying in Carlsbad, where they they had a full organized rebellion against the lockdown, and people were in restaurants and they were in bars within reason. See, the thing is. We can do things within reason. We can still, um, we can have no lockdown, but still guard the vulnerable, still guard people who are at risk. We can take precautions. But as I've probably said this here before, if we're gonna do that now, why didn't we always do it? We've lost tens of that in the UK, population 66 million. Every year we accept losing tens of millions of people to the flu. And if all it takes to stop that transmission is wash your hands and cover your face, which you do in Malaysia, like that's, that's a cultural norm. Why don't we do it? I'm not advocating one side or the other. What I'm saying is why, the, why this change of stance now? Why is this suddenly the most important thing is that we can't let the old and vulnerable die. I'm like, but you've been letting them the old and vulnerable die my whole life. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, no, that's a totally, totally unacceptable. And if, you're, if you question it, you're a monster who wants people to die. And I think that's what stops us from questioning it. So now I've just gone, okay, publicly, people are going to call me a monster who want people to die. Can I live with that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess so. You
1: have more on your side now because we have enough time to statistically show the amount of children at the age of fucking nine Mm -hmm. to elders that are literally killing themselves because of the results of the ever-imposing isolation that goes on for god knows how long mm-hmm. and the moment i feel like this goes on for a while perhaps a lot more people will open their eyes to the situation because mm-hmm. now it's like oh you so do you care about the elders now for real yeah what about the children now because they weren't dying as much before yeah, yeah you probably killed more children from the lockdowns now than the actual COVID. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 and we're gonna see more of that just rise as as time goes on as well as
2: well, uh, yeah if we're talking about it's hard to quantify human suffering. It's, it's impossible. And it, it's, it's kind of like, but it's, it's useful to try, even if it's distasteful. So if you did have like quantas of suffering, uh, quantas of, of, of dukkha, then you would have to look at what are we imposing on those children? Because those children will become adults. They have their lives ahead of them where they bear the burden, economic and systemic of the lockdown. The old people don't. Am I a monster for saying that old people die? The first vaccine given in the UK was to an 84 year old man who was on a, um, he had a, a very, very serious, he was on a dialysis, a dialysis machine because his liver was failing. And I'm like, homie's got two years at the best, at the best, Why? what are we trying to do? Did we forget that people, like old, frail people die? Diseases is real, viruses are real. What is this, is it some sort of, Broad-scale somatic narcissism—is it mass hysteria? What are we doing? Well, as the yin in the situation, we, this is this is where me and Richard
1: both differ. I would use virtue against the dialogue. So you, you're usually complete opposition, strike through with the bow and arrow type shit. I'm, I'll be like, okay, so if we use your logic of saving elders, mm. I want to save children, right? And that's how I would meet in the middle with this situation, because as you see from this video here, people only respond to the lack of purpose in their life, some sort of virtue that they have to conceive.
2: So you would have to sort of fucking come up with some that's that's pseudo-empathetic great. theory. That's great. This is like this is like the structuring. We're now brainstorming the structuring of a political campaign. Yeah. So you can't. So you'd be oh, like. Oh, yeah, we you'd are. You'd be like. So this is how it happens. This yo. is <laughs> how it happens. You'd, you'd, watch you'd be like, Richard, you can't go out and say, end the lockdown because that's uh, that's fight and talk, but you can go out and say save the children. Mm-hmm. That's what you lead with. Mm-hmm. So it's like the the shield and the sword. Yes. You need know, this. You need this. Yeah, need this yeah on one exactly. Side. But like we're saving the children by ending the lockdown. But but right though, like I,
1: I'm bringing that up as just a uh, as a point and, and a counter argument that acknowledges the current dialogue. Just because it seems like that's how the cultural dialogue would respond to this circumstance. But by using that same logic, they should also care about children as much as they care about elders with pre-existing
2: uh, conditions as well. It's so evil what you're suggesting because it's a, it's a, it's um, it's clever. I really like it because you can't... That's what I do on my channel, dude. I'll put it out that's, there now. It's one of my main channel, guys. In, this is ninja-level psyops because if I lead with, well, where the Save the Children party, and you're like, we resist you. I'll be like, oh, so you want children to die then? But that's how it, but... See, I'll play the same game they're playing. Like, oh, so you want old people to die,
1: so you want young people to die. But see, I don't want to exactly play that game. I think, I think the whole thing is really absurd. This like, is good,
2: this is good boxing, but, I like But that's this what
1: it is, you're the samurai here, I'm the fucking ninja, you strike through in heart. Har- har- what was it, fucking... Harakuri. Curry with honor and I'll sneak through the shadows, walk on the water with Hit this with stuff. with a poison dart. <laughs> You know? Because... <laughs> because... Save
2: but, the children! Yeah, because, I mean,
1: the, the whole fucking narrative is so hysterical and completely emotionally based that, right. like, you, you I mean, we have different ways of approaching this, but the way that I've found that just works with how I go about things naturally <laughs> is, is that way. Is it, not to walk up to people and punch them in the face. Uh, nah. <laughs> I mean, I'll walk from behind, <laughs> tap, and then leave. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it, and it's not even like, I'll do it in this like meta way too, where it's like, I don't even necessarily, I'm fighting for a side. I was just like, okay,
2: if I were to take this line of thought that you yeah. have, yeah, then that means this too. Yeah, you're taking, uh, you're taking their position to a logical conclusion. Yeah. And you're saying the old English expression, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So if it's important over there, it should be important over here too, right? right.
1: But really, I'm on neither side, and I would rather just play VR. Like, I'd rather just yeah. box in
2: virtual reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that <laughs> should be remembered. You should hold that. That's what I try... That's yeah. why my, my equivalent for that is the psychedelic thing. Yeah. And be like, I'm not 100% convinced... But this reality is the only reality, and this is this is really real, hmm. and that's what I try and hold to. I tried to do a dream quest the other night for this uh, podcast. What is it, like like lucid? <gasps> yeah. So okay. you go into like a trance state and do your breathing stuff, and then you and then you try and have visions. And uh, I got a couple of things out of it that I could share with people. But one of the big things I got from it is uh, when you do this dream quest, uh, riding the unconscious thing. As soon as you try and grab it to bring it back. It dies. Yes, yes. You you stop the trance dead because mm. in my head I'm like I'm like know. yeah got it got it got it and I'm like how would you tell people that? Well, I would say mm-hmm. and then it's like the trance just goes right right done.
1: right <laughs> yes yes. I actually used the lucid dream all the time. I don't know if I ever told you, right? But I was really deep in dreaming in general, mm-hmm. and I got to that level where I never felt like I was sleeping anymore. Okay. So I just purposely just stop. I want to just. Stop dreaming yeah, that all yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. But during that time period, I was getting to the the levels of trying to manifest shit. Yeah. And how do you even put that in, this in a words? It's gonna sound like some fucking like go pseudo it, guru shit. No, it's
2: fine. Just go there. Nobody gives a fuck anymore. The world's ending. You have you can't put the thing
1: that you want to manifest at the top of your conscious, like top of your brain. It's good. If I were to physically place it yeah when you place the thought top over here yeah it disappears and it won't work yeah if you have it like rest yeah. like surfing in the back yeah like you don't attach a word to it it's just there yeah then you have to go about it in a way where you like open up a door yeah and then it's there but you can't just be like Pfft. yeah ladybug. ladybug you know it doesn't, it doesn't work like that Lady- let the ladybug float yeah, you gotta be like, oh, just the feeling of a ladybug
2: kind of the essence, arises the sense yeah. of ladybugness. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yes. I, I try I tried to bring back um what do you tell people about what it is you're doing when you're dream questing? And I got something that was okay. It was uh, when you dream quest you're using your body's brain, not your head brain, and your body's brain is always dreaming. And I was like, whoa, that's poetic. I like that. One more time. So when you dream quest, you're not using your head brain. You're using your body brain. And your body brain is always dreaming. Okay. So I was like, what, what am I doing? And how do I tell people to do this? Okay. And uh, it was like, you slip into another realm of consciousness. So by this idea, I like this idea. You're always in a trance state. You're always having visions. Okay. But you can't access them. Yeah, yeah. We're just po- so, I, so I'm not making visions come, I'm putting my head in the bucket where visions always are, Ah. and I'm pulling my head out. Okay, so my body brain is always having visions, your body brain is always having visions. So you can't, you can't exactly like manifest the pool
1: of water, but realize that you are swimming in it. Yeah, like you can't
2: dive it like you shouldn't try diving into the pool, but you should kind of just float in it. You float in it and you hold a single point of awareness as you bob along in the stream. It's, it's not easy. Yeah, this is... <laughs> it's, it's not easy. Like, How be, to trance with Richard and Pierre. How to dream quest. <laughs> I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly, ever. This is the first time we've ever talked about shit like this, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, I it know. Was, it was intense. But I, I did manage to go in and out of it for about 20 minutes. Yeah. And I realized I was ruining the trance experience, so I, I lost 80% of it. The other thing that it said was when you when you do the podcast... Uh, tell people not to fight on the behalf of thankless gods. And I got this vision of like people in a Canyon and we were fighting monsters and some people were bearing the banner of a God. And when they fought, they'd get energy from that God, but some people weren't getting any energy. They were fighting on behalf of thankless gods. Okay. I was like, damn, that's crazy. I did just play that ninja game though. So it's slightly Im- impacted by that. <laughs> it's a good game, huh? That's a good game on Oculus. Yeah. What's it called? Ninja? Ninja Legends. Ninja Legends. I have to pee. Yeah. I'm, I'm warning you guys, tiny ass bladder. Who wants to go first? You go, you go. Okay, you go. Um, explain how to lose a Should section. I explain how to sign up to the OnlyFans account? Yours or mine? <laughs> <laughs> we, we're going to do, we're going to do pee porn. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is, why we, this is why we can't get credible people to work with us. Okay, folks, hit me with a question. Let's go. Let's keep it weird. Make it one sentence long. Have it end in the squiggly question mark. Ting. Quickly, quickly. Richard, have you seen Waking Life? I did see that years ago. Uh, I'll watch it again. Um... Um, what do you think of Taoism wonderful we're manifesting it all the time nightmares why unprocessed trauma sometimes have you read the teachings of Don Juan when I was 13 should I read it again have you ever been married I have not I'm an intelligent man thoughts on cryptocurrency I don't when are you coming back to the UK Um, most likely the 20th of this month Uh, things are not good in the UK at the moment it's not moving in the same direction but I promised David Ike's boys that I would go to their new um, studio that they've built in Derby on the twenty seventh, and because I have to quarantine and retest, uh, I have to go back seven days before uh, for that to happen. And um, I said I'd be there physically, so I'm going to do it. The problem is, once I'm there, I can't, I can't leave again, which is which is rather annoying. Okay, your turn. Or... Yes.
1: Okay, you go this
2: way. I'm going pee.
1: Oh god, they can see the veil ripping. Oh damn, we would rip through reality. Hello. I'm I'm Richard Grannon. Do you guys have any questions for me? Oh, oh lord, it looks like we're out of focus here. Um Oh, oh, oh good lord. Um, um Hello, hello, hello. Um, what was Richard talking about? I want to kind of hop on what he was saying there. Dude, here's the thing, man. Every time he comes here, he thinks it's like a sauna in this room. I have my heater cranked up completely. It's been negative nine degrees Celsius. Richard needs the window open. So we're, we're sitting here with the complete opposite. I don't even know how me and Richard get along so well. Like on paper, this thing shouldn't work at all. But for some reason, it works. I don't know what it is. One sentence long, and end it with a question mark, please. Is Richard even human? Um, sort of. He's a very muscular species. I'm not exactly familiar with that. Ah, yes, if it's snowing outside and he's hot, it's a him prom. But I'm trying to be accommodating, you feel me? I'm trying to, like, make my guests feel welcome here um how are you feeling p i'm feeling all right my face is kind of heating up i'm in the middle of hot and cold it's like being in a past relationship of mine you know how it is notice me senpai yes i see you indeed do you believe in going with the flow so that's the thing that me and richard are kind of on the same page with but also differing differing at the same time i'm probably a bit more go with the flow because he's all about intention, like striking things head on, which I do as well. But um, sometimes the things that you desire and reality itself delivers things that you don't even know that you need by letting go completely. But if you practically want to start a business and have shit done, like you can't just go with the flow. I'll argue with some of my friends all the time about that situation, it's like, you want to start a business? Oh, just let the universe do it for you. Uh, I don't think that works. There you are.
2: The universe don't give a fuck. No, you don't give a fuck. That's your stupid business. Oh, it's careful. big. It's the universe. Why would it care?
1: Yeah, exactly. Ah. Welcome back. What are we
2: talking about? I was imitating you for a bit. Um, <sighs> Can you talk with a Scouse accent? Can you say, Hello, lad? Hello. Oh, That's hard Is it again. Hello, lad. Hello, lad. <sighs> Damn. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. All right, mate.
1: So is like a if, bit I'll I'll, if I sometimes talk like Shrek, it can kind of come out, no? That's bad. It's, he's he's you cringing.
2: Know. <sighs> he's
1: cringing. can okay, never mind. Fuck it. He's you, he you, is do scal- an, you do an American accent. You do it's, a California it's, one. It's too easy. Do a California one. Okay. I want a bowl of kale. <laughs> Do a Vietnamese one. <laughs> how about that? You you want you cringe? Okay. How about I do it? You do a Vietnamese. I, I
2: actually was looking up how to pronounce something Vietnamese. Today. Okay, okay. We gotta balance it out. You gotta do a Vietnamese thing. It's well. I have friends in London who are called Nguyen, but it's not pronounced. And I and they let me say Nguyen. That's so wrong. And it is pronounced Nguyen. Nguyen. Oh, Nguyen or just win.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like but like the, it's so soft. It's not no win, but
2: like win. when Ah, okay. Okay. Win. It's close to Cantonese. That's why I can get ah, I, can, I can get there. But okay. some of the some of the Cantonese people with the Vietnamese friends, they would also say, but well, they would speak with an English accent, so they say Nguyen. And okay. I'm like why are we why have we all And then I watched BoJack Horseman and he's chatting to his girlfriend and saying when, and I was like, why are they saying it wrong? And I had to look up Vietnamese, but okay. I'm not doing a Vietnamese. You want
1: to, you want to know the real accent of, pho, go on,
2: pho, say again, pho, <laughs> what, pho, what are you doing? Is he saying pho? yeah,
1: yeah, go Ang on. pho that means eat pho, Ang pho yeah but it's like so tonal dude that's yeah. like that's the ultimate southern vietnamese accent
2: i can't hit that pho do it again pho pho, pho. yeah ang pho ang pho yeah, yeah i'm not i'm not ang was okay but pho. Yo, oh. it's 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 a
1: crazy language man ang it's pho. like so
2: fucking tonal and then if you if you're from
1: the south mm. it's like it's weird cuz the southern accents like in America yeah. kind of come out the same way as like Vietnamese southern like okay. you still got that twang
2: it's got some twang to
1: it you know so everywhere like, is like that that's weird, right? Why? Why is why is in the it sa-
2: in the south of uh, of England the, the the farmers around Somerset and Dorset they have a little twang as well? But wh-
1: what's what what is what is the twang thing? Like why it's does just magic? The world is just made. But of magic. why is
2: it the more sun you get in the south, like you it have just more twang, more, like, more we're slang, just... more twang? Because northern Italians and southern Italians they do the same thing. Why northern, is that? Northern Spanish is more rigid and crisp, and southern Spanish has got more uh, more of a slang twang to it. It's really weird.
1: Really, really I feel cool. like if I tried analyzing it, it can come off as like not PC, but like we, I'm can, really we, curious. Can,
2: we can do that here. We don't really exist in this reality. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, we're politics. on a rooftop right now. Yeah, we're beyond politics. So
1: wait, why is it, okay, like certain weather patterns and locations just have like a
2: certain dialect? Like where did People in colder countries work harder. <laughs> actually you think so the, well, there's research for that there's okay because like, they have to the deal with the climate yeah more, more neurotic yeah. more time focused more uptight and tend to work harder so like so they gotta close- be
1: quicker with yeah. the yeah and lower resources mm. that
2: was actually a southern italian psychologist a sicilian new yorker whose name evades me you know what's a great representation of this Zimbardo Zimbardo uh, Zimbardo
1: northern russians and southern californians what the fuck that's, that's gonna be some different
2: Okay. How does that play on so, your life?
1: So cold-ass Slavic nations, including Russia, too, like super direct. They probably don't talk. They usually don't talk that much anyways. And mm. if it is, it's just like to get to straight to the point without the fluff. Mm-hmm. Southern California, got all the fucking time and sun in the world, baby. Mm. You better beat around that bush harder than the bush that I've beaten last <laughs>
2: No more Ooh. cider for you, Pia.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I take that back. Never really happened. That was last week. No. Uh, so, um... <coughs> You've been bush-beating northern
3: Russians, have you?
1: No, I got a job as a, a hedge trimmer. Ah, it's like Edward Scissorhands. I see. So I'm literally like beating up bushes oh. like that. You sitting up the bushes. but like Southern California's they never they take so long to get to the point you can mm. go to New Yorkers with the cold weather It's yeah. like come on. Let's get to the
2: point We ain't got time. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? Give me that ang foe again. Ang foe? Ang Yeah. I can't do whatever you're doing. I can't make that sound.
1: Yo, dude, it's
2: it's hard. It's really hard. Did man. I tell you I told my ex-girlfriend to molest me by mistake? Oh God. So, so Cantonese is tonal as well, there's nine tones for everything. Mm. I'll get this wrong, but oh. I wanted her to teach me something. And I said, But I didn't, I said "gao gao gao," wrong. And apparently I said, quickly, quickly molest me, mm. instead of quickly teach me. Yeah, I don't know who decided. So she did. No, yeah, I don't <laughs> know
1: who decided the uh, meanings between similar sounding words in Southeast Asian languages, but yeah. Vietnamese has the same thing. I could say it, but like, fuck it
2: whatever what's what's the word for nine in vietnamese wait right jin? Jin is it okay um
1: but like uh the word for dick also means sounds exactly like 10 other words oh yeah so you can what's that you can you can just accidentally insert a dick
2: anywhere cool you know i'm going to vietnam what what's so. what's that go on go go yeah it's like a soft c like go, go. Yeah, but it's like go, go, go. go, go, and what, go what are the go, different go, 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 go? go, go. go what I don't they? know all of them. Okay. So I'm for, not a cool master. So, <laughs> so for, for guai, if you want to say in Cantonese, like disgraceful white person, it's like a racial slur. It's it's guai love. But then guai is also kneel, expensive, cupboard, and something else. So there's been a number of times where I've thought that like Cantonese speakers, they were chatting about me. And then I was like, what did they just say about Guys?" And then the, the auntie was like, my watch is Guay." it was expensive. Uh-huh. I am like, hey, oh, okay, it's your watch. <laughs> so even a, even a more
1: dangerous example of that, mm. I think in Korean. Uh, Indo- what's the language of Indonesia? What's, what's Indonesian. The, Indonesian, okay, just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a word that sounds a lot like the N-word, like the derogatory N-word. I know it. They have it in Malaysia as well. There you go. Yeah. So, um but it's like with a uh, Yeah, there's yeah. some some tonality or whatever. Yeah, You'll yeah. hear it in K-pop songs all the time. The N word yes. too. Okay. And that has led to a lot of misunderstandings. Okay. Like there's there's a there's a video. There's a, there's a Yo.
2: Well they said they trant they they go sometimes into English for a few bars, don't they? Oh uh, yeah. Like, I yeah. love you baby and then something Korean. Because it's
1: so clear and the production on K-pop is so clear and like crisp that you couldn't deny that they just said that, dude. But yeah, there's videos of people like on buses getting fucking angry in Korea just because really? like yeah things
2: that somebody's saying. Right, it. right. So what? What do you know? What the word actually means? Do you know what it's referring to? It's it's like some common word like the. Okay. Like like <laughs> the worst word you could possibly so substitute So you have two people for. behind you just saying it over and yeah. over, and you'd be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> I can hear you." <laughs> I had that. I had that with Guai. I had it loads of times with Guai. I'm like, who the fuck is saying Guai? You just
1: yeah. me a Guai. what are you saying? Then, so did you live there long enough to like know the the terminology enough that you could actually take offense to this shit? Like, if somebody you heard that around you, like, could you be like? I,
2: I got to the point. Uh, this was back in 2008, where I could hold. I could hold uh, a, a restaurant level conversation in Cantonese. So my Cantonese got okay. got okay. Good, okay. good enough for, to be like, people are like, oh, wow, you, actually, you okay. actually can speak. So the word means I. I? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I went a... to the supermarket. I saw this
1: person yeah, there. That could get you in a lot of fucking trouble. But the, I think uh, what's interesting about that is is it's only really a problem of the recent common times of how everything is so Linked together now Mm -hmm. i mean i i made a video on this um woman who went to bali and long story short she was evading taxes and shit and then when she got kicked out she was like oh it's because i'm black Mm -hmm. but um a lot of these situations are really of recent times just the, the the conversation of what's okay here and what's not okay here do we apply this like cultural um narrative to one place to the other what's okay here what's not okay there you do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. before it was just people of that nation right but now it's like whoa what what is this line what is this
2: yeah 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 it's um it's tricky you have to be patient (laughs) you can't afford to be paranoid right (laughs) are we not being patient enough um uh You know, the way I would frame it is um, uh, uh, sort of what's more fearful. We're not courageous enough. Yeah. We're not courageous. So when you see the psychological term is xenophobia, the fear of the other, the fear of the strange, I think it's an immune system fear. You're like, I'm not strong enough for my my immune system individually, collectively, culturally is not strong enough to deal with this. Mm. So it's a fear of being infected with a disease or colonized and taken over. So that's the natural fear, hmm. um, and I think it, it applies in politics as well. When you're like trying to police people's words and thoughts, it's a lack of confidence in your own belief system. It's a lack of confidence in your own immune system. To go, no, I know what I believe, and I'm flexible enough and resilient enough to deal with foreign input. Foreign input is frightening if you're not used to it. It's it is it yeah. is frightening. It this, is frightening. This is this is one
1: thing that I've thought for a while. I've briefly touched on it on on my videos too. And I have to be very careful of how I word it just because it can come off like I'm pushing some other sort of agenda. But yeah. the point is, is like, there hasn't been a time in history where we just have access to every, every single culture mm. in existence. Mm. And you can c- immediately communicate mm. with any other nationality or culture at any time mm. ever. Mm. Our brains have
2: never had that input. No. Ever. No. Ever no, and it's- and so you see like early examples of people becoming fascinated with another culture, Um and in, there's, there's like famous examples in especially mm. in the English upper classes where they had the time and the resources for it. You had this uh, like Orientalism for a time where it was completely fetishized, mm. and we look back on it very unkindly. Yeah. Like it's not really racist, but well, it's, it's just kind of weird. It's cringy. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking cringy, of course. But so much of human endeavour is cringy. Everything that's not within this bandwidth is fucking cringe. Yeah, it's, but it was innocent. Right. Of course they were fascinated. Yeah. They'd never been exposed to mm. you know, um you know Alistair I mean, Crowley was into Orientalism for a while. But when you're when it's fresh and it's new and all you've had is English, French, European literature into American literature and the world is opened up over here, you might get a little carried away, kid. Yo, that's that's why
1: I'm like pretty lenient with K pop comments. Because it's still new, you know what I mean. It's yeah, like, yeah. It, I mean, what can I do? It's yeah. it's, they, it, as long as it's sort of coming with good intentions, mm. I look at that. Mm. But I'm trying. I try to be very graceful with these circumstances, just because there hasn't been a time in human history similar to the time now where every single f- different foreign influence, different mm. type of novelty is just easily accessible. Mm. I think on my end, I'm just used to experiencing new shit all the time, so my brain has developed a pattern to learn how you to accept You yeah, have a strong immune system. You have a strong
2: psychological immune system. This is what we're saying with uh, Potent. Um, we're talking about travel. With Potent, uh, oh God, somebody said it, it might have been Terence McKenna, was actually cited travel as a form of psychedelic. Because psychedelic is not just drug, it's anything that's mind expanding. Mm. So the exposure to foreign cultures, and not just meeting them for an afternoon, but you here, living in Prague. Hmm. You've done it for years, your unconscious observes you, surrounded by people who are very different culturally to you. You didn't die, and nobody killed you, hmm. and you didn't try and kill anyone. So it's okay, me in Malaysia in there, living out in the happy garden in the, in the, in the place there. Mm-hmm. I didn't die, it mm-hmm. wasn't fun, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, you know. And so you end up with a sense of, um, I probably can do this, where the fearful, hysterical response would otherwise be, I can't do this, I can't fucking handle this. And then it's it's fear, and then behind fear commonly is, is, is aggression. You know, so
1: with this whole virtue thing from the intro video and trying to push the push this saintly thing and diversity being one of them, mm-hmm. why is it coming off
2: so awkward? Because a lot of these people haven't traveled. Okay. So we're being lectured to about accepting cultures by people who haven't Accepted cultures. That's it, right? And we know it. Yeah,
1: that's you're it. You're sat
2: there, you're looking and you're going, accepting other co- what, what do you know about that? Yeah. Show me your friend list. Let me see your WhatsApp. Who are you messaging? Never mind who you claim to be friends with. You know what
1: it is? It's like a professor trying to teach like some outdated dance move through, through a book. Like here's the electric slide. Yeah. One to the right and then to the left. Yeah. And then to the right. Yeah. When it's like, you should just go to
2: a club and then yes. just actually no it's, it's, it's cringy because this is what Alan Watts was saying with that video is it's not authentic it's like the, the Lao Tzu principle virtue which shows up as virtue is never really virtue because yes. if it's showing up as virtue that's not virtuous look at me and how awesome I am no fuck it just be that and then we'll feel it we'll know real recognises real as they say. Yes. And it's yes. it's body brain. That's body brain yes. activated. It's unconscious yes. activated. I know that this is authentic. I feel it.
1: Okay, that's a great thing to dive in on, actually. Body brain, would you say that's like intuition okay. as well? Yeah. It's your animal instinct. How do you quantify that? You know, because that's how it operates. But right. I'm very careful to talk about it yeah. because it's so easily misconstrued and... How do you speak about a thing like that in in a tangible way that's actually
2: practical for with good intentions? Because that could be easily misinterpreted in a lot of ways. I have something to say about that. Okay. Following the washing machine that 2020 was where everything really rattled us up and, you know, some things didn't change and some things changed dramatically. I'm no longer... Uh, obsessed with the idea of trying to convince people that I'm coming from a rational scientific mindset. Okay. Because I'm not. I don't believe anymore. I, I mean, if you followed the the if you followed the science of the last year, what will you see? A paper trail of of corruption mm-hmm. and you know just uh, uh, money grubbing and it's it's awful. It's a gender fueled nonsense. So I don't bother with it. I'm like, if you feel it, it's as real for you as anything else is. If you feel it and it moves your emotions and and it's part of your authentic subjective experience. See,
1: I completely agree. But at the same time, knowing how people are operating with that false guide, the false body brain, but who am I to say it's it's false though? Because the people in that video are following what they feel is right for them. And that's generally very emotionally based too.
2: If I I can nitpick, they're probably following what they think, not what they feel. These are people who are emotionally constipated. They're not feelers, they're, they're thinkers, they're stuck in the crown chakra, man. They okay. need all the chakras right the way down to the base, aligned, functioning, flowing, and they're up here. So in, in order to make a simulacra of feeling an authentic intuition, you have brain stuff. Right. That's where you jerk off, up here in the brain. Yes,
1: because it, it- I think it's the reason why you generally don't even talk about it as much same as me because the repercussions of somebody misinterpreting what you mean by following intuition and
3: Mm.
2: body brain can Mm. easily be like so i got back with my ex (laughs) (laughs) which is great and I, i you know thanks for opening that whole subject up here's my it's not a counter argument it's my logical conclusion There is literally nothing you can say to a person who's on the spectrum of psychosis and emotional dysregulation that they can't misuse. You can say, and I have said, hydrating is good for you. And then somebody will say, if you drink too much, you'll get encephalitis and your brain will swell up and you'll die. Vitamin D is good, but if you get in the sun, you'll burn and you'll get skin. And it's like, there's nothing, nothing can be said that can't be attacked. Okay.
1: That's that's a great counter argument, man. That's really good. So it freezes up. We're going to get
2: attacked. Just yeah. fucking say it. Fuck it. Like what? Somebody's yeah, yeah, going to yeah. call you a kitten drowner. Somebody who knows that you're not guilty of the thing that they're accusing you of is going to accuse you of it in bad faith. Thank you, God, sad. And uh, Brett or Eric mm. Weinstein comes back to that all the time. The one with the beard. They're arguing from bad faith. So don't worry about it. They Even they don't mean it. Even they don't <laughs> believe that shit. So nobody believes it. But But even the people in good faith too.
1: That's how you you see these really misled cults that end up being in a very abusive situation too. They, in their own mind, they thought they thought they were following their own uh, unconditionally loving intuition as well, but it was completely misled. Where does that lie in the situation? Some people be
2: dumb. Yeah, but you can't just be like, "Yo, be smarter to everybody," right? Like you can't save everyone. Okay. You can't. I, 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 and that's something that would, again, feed back to the Alan Watts video. And I, I think Alan Watts would agree with me. I damn sure know that Nietzsche would agree with me. It's a fool's errand to think you're going to save everybody. Right, but People right. don't, some people don't, they don't want to do their shadow work. They don't want to individuate. They don't want to explore the unconscious and get better. They just want to win. Hmm. They want a thing. They want more money. They want more status. And they're operating in like a different paradigm of consciousness like 2D, 3D consciousness, and that's it. And from that paradigm, you can attack anything in politics, science, art, you're just an attack drone really, because you know you wanna win, and you win by making other people lose, so you're constantly attacking. So the idea of winning,
1: uh, I think we can fairly say it's attributed to mostly Western patterns of thinking, and, I really love this field of thought with the types of intuition, metaphysical stuff as well, but to see where it can properly aligned in the Western world, which I'm a part of, I'm a huge result of it as well. And I love it actually, and I have problems with it still. But my problem with a lot of it is like, every time I see this side of thinking, applied to the West, I have rarely ever seen it work right right correctly mm-hmm. do you think there's a way to properly integrate in that in that sense like, uh, what
2: the, this line of thinking
1: like the whole metaphysical I mean I don't want to say new age necessarily but be, like the intuitive it will be properly integrated
2: things. by less than two percent of the population right that's enough okay. Okay. That's enough. If we bang that drum, I believe, like if humanity bangs that drum long enough and loud enough, like I just did a video just last night where I was talking about shadow work and Jungian integration, and I jokingly said this should be taught in schools because by the time you're my age and you start doing shadow work, sorry to break it to you kids, but like I'm never individuating this lifetime. I can walk along that path. But if I was taught that as a kid, instead of the, I don't know, the gross national product of uh, uh, of Guatemala, um, I would have been able to get there. So I think some battles you fight knowing that you can't really win, but you might get somewhere in the right direction. And at least you tried, at least you pushed it in the right direction. Hmm.
1: Okay, what about individually? Where can you apply these these forms of thought in a way that's fairly more, I guess, reasonable and practical where I think I, in my life, I've completely swung on the opposite side of the pendulum here where mm-hmm. I was completely on this side of thought, didn't realize it didn't really work. in I mean, fucking late consumer capitalism in, in California. And I just completely got rid of that restructured my brain to adapt to Western forms of su- success. Mm. And then now I think Okay. Well, I guess I'm sort of there now. Perhaps now it's time to dive back in it. But where would it
2: be appropriate exactly in an individual case? That's like that's like a, a question best answered by Taoism. Hmm. It's all in the balance. You got to have the yeah, balance. Yeah. Right. You need Yin. You need Yang. You got to be reasonable. You have to be rational. To challenge yourself, you have to operate within a structure and discipline. Be masculine and. Uh, you, know, you have to question, put things in the light. And then you have to swim in the yin. You have to just let go hmm. and just go into the realm of pure potentiality where you disappear. Your ego can't survive there. So it's a lovely little break hmm. from the ego. And we need, generally culturally, we need more, we need, we do need more structure. We do need more discipline at the top level so we can hold yin. But behind that, what we're massively missing is yin. We're massively missing as Yin. That's why we're constantly obsessed with safe spaces because we don't say Yin is a safe space, but we don't have it. We don't have access to it. So we're like, create a safe space, create a safe space. It's artificial because we're not getting the authentic safe space of Yin. But you can't go full Yin from where we are right now. Okay, you have to go it's, masculine yeah, structure yeah. first to get so to Yin.
1: You're trying. It's basically trying to create a safe space through construction, like yeah. like building a fortress with guns and machine guns and arrows. That's it. Which is not exactly safe because the, the threat of danger
2: is always around as And well. and you're covering yourself in armor and padding. And you're okay. covering the environment in armor and padding. You go, ah, this is safe. I ah, don't know. Okay. say your safety comes from strength. Your safety comes from security. Security. And what holds the yin space? A wall. Hmm. The cave wall. So we need yang holding yin. Hmm. We need yang keeping yin safe. If yang is strong and the structure is built ah whew, now we can release we can go yin but if yang is weak hmm. then yin is unstable and that's what we have now weak yang and unstable yin and it's frantic it's a it's a hysterical energy that comes from that because it's like make me safe you fucks this is your job but it's not happening hmm. yang isn't doing its job he said in code
1: I think this sort of ties into it. So recently I've been having the thought of ever since I get got this VR shit, I've been actually exercising. Hey guys, everyone has their own temperament. I started doing cardio, hard cardio and exercise through virtual reality. <laughs> this disciplined motherfucker does it for fun by itself. <laughs> Just lifting shit, like what? I need goggles. So I'm like, I'm, I'm boxing a lot more and doing a lot of these more rigorous things, which inevitably produces more testosterone. <laughs> And I'm (laughs) fucking like getting a lot more like, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking now the placement of primal energies in the current state of the world. Is there a place for it? Should there be a place? And where would it be? Because right now, as well as including the current petty YouTube drama that I'm in too, I see this like competitive hierarchical struggle Mm -hmm. is this kind of like a, archetypal fucking battle warrior you know type of competitive nature that I've really omitted in my life for a very long time Mm -hmm. and it feels good for a bit Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and I don't know like in the collective scheme of things or even just in my circumstance like is that supposed to be there should it be and do we acknowledge it do we fight against it what do we do with that with
2: um, testosterone. I mean, if you want to boil it down to that, <laughs> sure. Just everything Everything that we have that is within us um, <clears throat> can potentially save us if it is directed uh, with nobility mm. and based on value. So if we're operating from values, we're using reason and we direct the energy and we express it, beautiful things would happen. If we suppress it, we're not coming from value then all we have is power, non-directed, and it can be used to hurt.
1: I feel like this conversation should be held in two kimonos. Yes. With, and you're the lead samurai, but then that would be appropriation, so you never mind.
2: Maybe I'll just be in the kimono, and then you'll just be like... What, but why is that okay? That's kind of <laughs> racism, if you think about it. Because... No, you're not actually Japanese. <laughs> that's the thing, though. So that's but how dumb do white people Looking look? <laughs> out, <laughs> yo, yo, but
1: that's <laughs> hey, you're revealing my ninja secrets right now, because one of the things that I wanted to do yeah. was rock some Japanese garb, and then yeah, and then see if people accept it or not, and be like, wait, why don't you guys call me for appropriation? Because technically,
2: you couldn't tell. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm fucking Japanese. That's or not.
1: That, that's
2: racist. <laughs> That would be racist for failing to call you out. They'd be like, well, aren't you just from there? Yes, yeah. What do you mean there? You know, there.
1: Right. So I wanted to just like wear like really stereotypically Asian garb
2: and then no one could tell the difference. And I'd be like, oh, where's my, what happened? I thought, I thought you could be. There is crossover between traditional um, Vietnamese wear and some Japanese wear though, isn't there? The, the big hats the uh the ao yai. traditional vietnamese ao yo nice where's my ao yai? Nice. the drunker i get the easier
3: it is yes yeah right
1: yeah okay so before we get too carried away with
3: appropriation
2: <laughs> people get nervous i'm sure i can feel the adrenaline oh, surging i love when it they're... i fucking love it so I, but it's it's i like doing it with white people because they get way more frightened i did this to my cousin once on a podcast and we were talking about immigrants and immigration. And he was shaking. He was actually shaking. Yeah. And I was like, what's your problem? Why can't I say the word yeah. immigrant? Can't, and he was like, I don't want to be in public with you it, saying did, that. Did, did you? <laughs> okay. Are you willing to say what
1: conversations you had in California with, with bringing up me? Or no? Yeah, fine. So, like, which, which, problem, <laughs> which conversation? It was like, oh, that guy you know.
2: Oh, with yeah. Oh uh, no, we, we no! No, no, it's it's fine. Yeah. You mean you mean where people won't give you any identifying traits? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's just yeah, your yeah. friend from Prague. <laughs> they might be like, but I've done that. I've I've gone to restaurants here where you already sat down, and I'll be like, I'm looking for my friend, the the tall guy, because I don't want to make Czechs uncomfortable by being like the Asian dude in makeup. <laughs> Because they just, be, I did do that a few times. they were like, yeah. mm, mm, mm. <laughs> "Do you get like, nervous?" A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Okay. But yeah, in California, I had a few, a few. It was all guys actually saying to me, "Oh, so who's your, who's your friend?" And I go, "Who?" I would just be a dick. I just be like, "Don't know, don't know who you mean." <laughs> who? Terrible. Who? <laughs> Identify him. Give me an identifying coordinate. <laughs> terrible. Go on, I dare you to say the one with makeup. I dare you to say the Asian fellow. Go on. <laughs> sex you bloody racist
1: my pure existence is just a loaded question answer for them because yeah. they, they would either risk misgender yeah. misnationality <laughs>
2: miss fucking like everything is it interesting how much fascination though you you give to like these dudes are all like 30 in their 30s early 30s like white guys and they're yeah. like so who's who? I don't know. Why'd do, why do you? Who's the g- gr- guy? The gr- uh, the, the, the not no the. Uh, one guy actually <laughs> made a point of saying, "Who are they?" Yes. <laughs> who are they? And I'm like, you, you mean Pierre? Is the one person? <laughs> the one person you've seen me on videos with. Who is who is they? Do you mean Zer? Excuse me. It's I should have. I should have. I I, I I I think you mean Zer. I've been really shitty about it. Dude people are sweating, I'm sure,
1: listening to this shit. Just really, fuck even even it's the end of the Dude, world. It's great. Great. But <laughs> you know, it's good
2: because I'm on your side. Yes. I just I just wanted to say about uh you know you're talking about wearing Japanese clothes. When I was a kid I was big into just traditional martial arts, karate, mm-hmm. judo, aikido and ninjutsu. And uh in Birkenhead, the ninjutsu club there, they would literally wear black the hands, the tabby, the, the and then go to a sports hall in fucking Birkenhead. And I'd be like, aren't ninjas supposed to blend into the fucking background? Do you know? And they were bikers as well. Okay. Beards, yeah. long hair, in fucking black with like Japanese emblems on them with ninja staffs. And I'm yeah. like, you're not ninjaring here, guys. Yeah, right, right. And uh, for years, I couldn't understand why I hated it so much. I refused to wear the Aikido Hakama, and so yeah. they wouldn't grade me. I refused to wear the ninja suit, I wore a black tracksuit, they wouldn't grade me either. And I was like, Why am I like what's wrong with me? Like am I like do I have oppositional defiance? Why would not I do it? And then I thought, how would you feel if you saw a bunch of Japanese guys dressed as knights talking in shit English and pretending to fight with old medieval swords? And I'm like, There it is. That's why I'm not doing it. I don't want to be that guy. But sure there are Japanese guys who that that do it. That could have been fun though, man. You know, I, I just a just a final final point. I did actually learn um, quite. You would you would have liked to actually with with both the Aikido and the Ninjitsu school. I'm getting back into my martial arts recently. Cool. What you learn yeah. because they they use weapons first, and then you learn unarmed combat second. And um, remi- reminded of it by playing the silly. Um, I inter- knew, I was going to bring it up. Is it you get back and into martial arts because of virtual reality? Yes, you did. Probably the boxing and, and the and the. I was actually watching boxing videos last night because of this silly boxing game. Me too. I started learning actual form. <laughs> dude. I was watching Canelo Canelo techniques to, really? to do this. Okay, but what you learn uh, with the weapons thing, uh, this isn't a martial arts podcast, but you move so much better and so much faster when you go from weapons to unarmed because mm. carrying a weapon is, is a lot more for your brain to do. Okay, It improves your stance, it yeah. improves your timing, your hand-to-eye coordination and everything. And we actually did a battle. This is what nerds uh, we were. Yeah. In the ninjitsu school, we went out to Wales. We met another ninjitsu school and we had wooden staff and wooden swords. When you watch battles in films and you see two armies come together and they smash into each other and they, they, they fight with each other, We uh, apparently historians don't know how that ever played out because physically it's fucking impossible. You kill each other. So there's
1: a clip in, guess out of all US states where this occurred. Go on. Texas. (laughs) Thank you, Texas. Texas. I'm sure. I think it's Texas or a place really similar to Texas they mm. held night battles mm. so they would be dressed up in actual fucking armor the real plate armor they're the real making
2: it in Texas no no, no like real armor though
1: mm-hmm. uh, or like like fucking steel and shit and i i think the swords were like doled or something mm-hmm. and they're actually going at it yeah but it's so clumsy. Yes, it's, it's a mess. Fucking clumsy. It's a like mess. It, it's literally like toddler stomp like yep. stepping onto each other. Like,
2: yep. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, it's not, not like any techniques that you'll actually see ever. We we had two prescribed moves for this battle. It wasn't even improvised. Like you were allowed to do this or this, and inside of fifteen minutes we had to stop. Because of the split eyebrows, people getting whacked in the mouth. So You'd I was, just die. I'd swing my sword backwards into your head. Yeah, you would I die. I was getting hit by my own. Oh, it's right. a mess. It's a mess. I mean, how many, how many people accidentally killed themselves doing that, right? Or got, like, or got trampled on. or So right. we, when we see these big movies, ever since I did that, I was 16 when I did that. You see Braveheart. You see the 300. Yeah. You see it. It can't have been like that. Because everybody on your side, you would kill your own people just through crushing them. Right. So I don't know how they did it. Maybe it was, some historians have suggested that these big battles that we talk about, they might've been more like glorified um, shoving contests. And you, you turn up, you sing your song, you shout, and then you look at the enemy and you go, uh, sort of push against them a bit, "Ah, ah," run away. And then you go home and tell the wife, you're like, ah, we had a bad fight today, you know, we beat them and all you did was shove them a bit until they went, we've had enough, you win lads. So my question is before I go pee real quick, though, again. I'm going pee. Yes.
1: Does this talk, this battle warrior man testosterone oh, talk? Oh, yeah, we're on testosterone
2: for a second. Does yeah, this
1: yeah. have a place in the current world
2: that we exist in right now? And I have to go pee as the I won't, true I won't, warrior. I, I won't answer that until you get back.
1: As the true warrior I am, I must urinate <laughs> on the throne. <laughs>
2: Okay guys, hit me, with, hit me with a question. One sentence long, end it in a question mark. Uh, Cyberpunk says, everyone wish Pierre to have a good pee. I remember when I was doing martial arts, it was the best thing for my mental health, but physically it trashed my knees and feet. Yes, it can be, uh, it can be hard. Is there actually a plan behind all of this or is it just opportunistic NPD gaslighting? The last act of a desperate narrative before it switches to another random method of attempted control. There is a plan um, and there are conspiracies. I am not convinced that there's an overarching plan and everybody signed up to it. I think that that would be extremely unlikely. But conspiracy uh, in root is con, which means with, and spire, which means breathe. So it's people who come together to do things. It, it also means with nefarious intent. And there's definitely conspiracies if we follow the definition of conspiracy. It's people coming together, lining the, each other's pockets, lining their own pockets, You know, giving each other uh, government contracts that are worth millions and millions of pounds. I know that that's happening in the UK. I can only imagine it's happening everywhere. What do you think, psychedelics are? Our little friends who've come into this reality to remind us that this isn't the only reality there is. Photo. Baggage. Testosterone. Oh, yeah. So, about testosterone. Okay.
1: So, I was thinking, right. So as I'm doing these more stereotypically male things, like fucking boxing through VR, and mm. like these combat fucking games, it's like unlocking a side of me that I haven't tapped into in a long time. Mm. It feels good, you know? I played this multiplayer boxing game, right, oh, yeah, the yeah. one I recommended to you, yeah. and I tried multiplayer with some random person. Yeah. So was of course, that? some fucking 13-year-old kid. Yeah. Was Is he talking to you? Uh, then I muted him. Yeah. But then we started boxing. And of course, like, how do you expect a 13-year-old boy to play the game? Uh, and the game actually registers that. Okay. So the first round, I got my ass kicked. I'm like, <laughs> fuck this Just kid. Just because he's smashing all the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to play against you in your way. Mm. So I'm running around the fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> run away. <laughs> and I kick his ass. <laughs> Regardless of that. <laughs> it really does show the absurdity yeah. of the the position of testosterone or a man's instinctual drive yeah. in the current society. And I'm asking, like, is there a situation in the collective narrative where that is appropriate? Because I also thought as I was peeing, like, a lot of dudes try to channel that energy to the most ridiculous shit. Like, you know, you go, there's a bunch of dudes out in a bar. I can drink more than you. No, you mm. pussy. No, you do more. No, you, you. And then it just becomes idiotic or mm. you see husbands, like, compete against each other at the barbecue and the wives are like, silly men. Mm. Like, why are they just doing that? Mm. You know, but then it's like, wait a minute. What else can we do? Right. <laughs> you know, there's no other outlet for that instinctual drive anyways. Yep. So yeah. So I'm thinking like, oh, my question is to you, is there a place for it? And
2: what would it be? Um so to frame the sort of way of thinking about it um, because I have been thinking about masculinity for for the last couple of years and, and just this week actually in interviews I've done with people they've asked me about how do you be how to be more masculine what's the place for masculinity how do we preserve it and I sort of realized chatting to these guys I was like you can only ask that question about something that's already gone. Like we're talking about masculinity, like we're on a river and it's gone bobbing past. It's mm-hmm. like, how do we save that? Well, if it's bobbed past, mm-hmm. it's already gone. Yeah, yeah. And then I started to think, well, why would it already be gone? So if you zoom out and you look from a broader perspective, the world that we've created as humans, civilization, the progress of civilization, if it's an arrow, every step you take makes um masculinity more and more redundant it's and it makes sexuality more and more redundant mm. and it makes gender more and more redundant mm-hmm. as i mean gender yeah. pro, i'm using it properly the social construct and it makes biological drives more and more redundant that's that's pro, that's progress that's technological progress so the there is a crisis of masculinity but i think the bigger question is um what are we going to do about the fact that masculinity. We live in a world where masculinity is redundant. The only thing men can do is hold on to artifacts. I hunt symbols. Symbols of traditional right. hunter of what, was, of what was. Yes, and it's right. like it's literally like doing martial arts, where you're holding on to the element of martial arts. I never liked growing up was uh, historical artifacts. It was interesting. I learned about other cultures and I learned bits of their language and blah blah blah. But I was like, I want to learn how to fight. I want to wade through this historical shit first and they're artifacts. There are no more samurai. The samurai sold out to capitalism a long time ago. That's mm-hmm. a historical fact, nobody can deny it. There are no more ninjas. There are no more Silak warriors. It's just not required. So we end up with these weird performative actions. And then I see guys younger than me, guys of your age, um, holding on to the coordinates. Well, I have a beard and I eat red meat and I hunt and I do MMA and I kill my deer with a bow and arrow and i i sleep with loads of women and i t- I, I talk like this and that and i'm like hm but is all is any of that it's of no use right right when was right. it really of yeah. use the last time it was of use was in world war 2 that's a long time ago yeah. when you account for technological progress that was actually caused by world war 2 so in a sense as we become more civilized that is just it's redundant yes no
1: yeah for sure i think we've talked about this before as well and we brought up the same points actually mm. where currently it's not necessary no. to do that if anything the the new thing that would substitute that is probably being a fucking programmer or or something that the world is the
2: world is, is is way absolutely. it's i nearly said it's way more feminine I will be careful I'm yeah we already got people saying like girls are also competitive and they also have testosterone So, girls do have testosterone and men have estrogen, but the simple biological scientific truth is we don't use it for the same thing and it doesn't have the same impact. Like, can I just tap into my stand up side real quick? If you go out in a
1: bar, do you see the girls like punching each other and like arguing who can take more shots than the next? The guys are the ones, like, fucking pantsing each other and then yeah. fucking shoving their faces to the concrete most of the time. Yes, women are competitive in a very different way. And I think social media is a good way to yeah. gauge how that
2: form of competitiveness works. I, 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 really, I really don't understand the drive that people have to say and to try and create a false reality in which men and women are the same. <laughs> in mathematics. Sorry. in Sorry. In mathematics, which is a term where equality has meaning, or in chemistry and physics, but really it's mathematics, equal is the same. It means the same. I'm not talking about men and women shouldn't have equal rights. I have okay. But equal, I don't, equals are not
1: the same. We don't have to go this far to justify, but I will do it anyway. There are innate universal human drivers like competition. But we can't deny that the majority of how women go about it and men go about it are really different. I guarantee there are a lot more teenage 13-year-old boys trying to kick my ass in VR boxing than
2: teenage girls. Yeah, yeah. So so the, the counter-argument is people cite outliers. They'll go, there's great female MMA fighters. And I'd say, yes. I was actually watching... Uh, yeah,
1: dude, ha- dude all of those girls can kick my ass. Like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck, man? Yeah. Like, but dude.
2: And there's you know, whatever. There's there's standard behavioral practices that are considered manly that women excel at and vice versa. It's undeniable. What a wonderful thing. What a great world we live in. But broadly speaking, masculinity is redundant. So what do we do about that? I like being a man. And uh, I don't, I would say for the future of humanity, we have to preserve it. But I think we have to be realistic about what its place would be. So, and sadly, it probably will be symbolic. So, okay, so underneath that, I'm
1: looking at the psychological reasoning of what a man gets from fighting fucking ninjas or like boxing and winning a match. Mm. And I think for most men, not all of them, for most men...
2: They get their purpose. We should have that written on a card. Not all. Dude, oh, I and have a whiteboard. You, I... you just keep throwing up not all, but not all. I just hold that here. the whole... Just have a machine gun that just fires out not all, not all, not all, not all. Not Jesus. <laughs>
3: Hashtag,
2: not all.
1: Hashtag not all. Hashtag not all. Hashtag not all. Where, where traditionally, most men found mm. their purpose through mm. combat mm. and um, a hierarchy. Mm. Right? So that would be... Traditionally, for a lot of how long humanity has lasted, that's how they found their place in society and made them feel fulfilled and not want to die. Mm -hmm. So that is gone now, so yeah. Where does that attempt to fit in the current structure, which I do agree is right. The traditional forms of masculinity are heavily outdated. Mm. The biggest, strongest, most masculine men standing against the fucking RPG to the face mm. or nine millimeter is like there it doesn't matter
2: how big you are. The technology over surpasses your capabilities of being a dude. Well look look at us, our function in the world. Like predominantly I teach people how to connect <laughs> with their emotional literacy. It doesn't matter whether I have big biceps and I can box. Nobody gives a fuck. The only part of me that that the world, broad like outside my friends and family, cares about is psych is psychology, is it's therapeutic. You largely entertain right. people. That's my definitely. You either make them laugh or you or you're singing to them or you're making art. And so it speaks speaks for itself.
1: So would that line of gender roles mm-hmm. this is just is it just like
2: dissipating or already has yeah well yeah. we're way way past um that that rubicon now and i don't the, the the question for me is like when people come to me with with that question <laughs> because they they identify me they say oh there's a masculine man he must be very protective of masculinity and i'm like I don't. That whole argument between men and women, masculine, feminine—it's a dead end. It's a dead end. I am more protective of humanity, like my ideals around humanity. People irritate the shit out of me, but the ideals I have. Me around too. Humanity, <laughs> I think we got that on Yeah. So the, the I'm interested in probably about one percent of the people who are alive, but that one percent, one percent or less, I'm really interested in them. I'm passionately interested in them, but it's a it's a small, and I think. We can't. We're not going to find our solutions in history and tradition now. The problems we face are so novel. In the Terence McKenna sense, novelty has opened up to us. They're so fucking novel. We have to go psychedelic. We have to broaden our minds. We have to go beyond all tradition, all structure, everything that went before. Because right. I'm not. I'm. I'm a bit. I'm a bit confused, and and I find it distasteful when men and women come to me and they are. Uh, what's it called nostalgic for traditional times and i'm like which which time in human history did you think was wonderful when men and women had the perfect balance it's always been conflict like i said to you a number of times like it's turbulent because it's supposed to be sex is friction so we're probably supposed to kind of irritate each other a little bit there's always supposed to be that that level of, of conflict there what do we do now like yeah. how do we move forward yeah. with it
1: would you be okay so i got a few things so first would we agree that everything has become purely symbolic a lot of what we experience in our roles in
2: our current society is mostly symbolic it's mostly symbolic aside from actually having sex and actually making children okay if you're talking masculinity it's mostly symbolic yeah
1: okay um yeah this even goes beyond masculinity but we'll stick to that in the meantime so for example traditionally stereotypically masculine things Big ass muscles, you, you hunt, you, you shoot a deer here and there, you do jiu-jitsu, the, the whole Rogan smorgasbord, yeah. the whole Rogan buffet.
2: Let's, let's call it the Rogan buffet. The like Rogan it. buffet,
1: you know. A lot of those behaviors would have been very beneficial 600 years ago, dude, real further.
2: Dude, like, well, probably a hundred years ago. A hundred. Okay, a hundred. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now, with those same activities there isn't a direct utilitarian purpose other than for individual gratification gratification and fulfillment so we consume masculinity in a sense so it becomes symbolic through right. that manner yeah right yeah so anything that becomes a representation of that for example fighting and boxing mm. taekwondo competitions mm. Airsoft simulation wars mm, and shit mm. is actually just a symbolic mm. simulation of what it yeah. used to be.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where we're enjoying a little bit of nostalgia. I mean, yeah. okay. uh, the, the, the the games we're playing they're from they're from like feudal Japan. It's a l- pretty long time ago. Um, boxing is a it's a sport. Uh, you're not really trying to kill each other. You're you're there. To enjoy the sport and, and to make money and, and really it's a show it's a form of gladiatorialism so before, before i forget i highly recommend anybody to to watch this it's super fascinating
1: vice isn't as bad as people make it out to be they have an agenda but there's some videos that are really interesting vice is
2: like national geographic they have independent documentary makers and okay. some are good there and some go. suck and they they bring yeah, yeah. them together
1: there's, there are some hidden gems on the Vice YouTube channel yeah. that have the lowest amount of views, obviously. Mm-hmm. And and one of them I just watched yesterday, super fascinating. In Detroit, um, I would say a few blocks basically decided, started off as sort of like a, a meme joke type thing, but Detroit has a ton of gang violence. So what a few people decided to do was like, fuck Cooper Street, mm-hmm. you know, they brought out paintball guns. Mm. And there's like, fuck Cooper Street. And they're like shooting Cooper Street. And then now they're doing drive bys with paintball guns. Right. So now it started like a fucking gang war between paintball guns. Okay. And consciously, it was done so people wouldn't die as much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would call that
1: progress. <laughs> so this. So. <laughs> there, there are a few layers into this is what i want to tap into i'll get into it right now like so as i'm doing the boxing and the ninja shit and then like competing and doing those things i feel this innate fulfillment of whatever my instincts might be i don't know what yeah. the fuck that is while in a situation like that with the circumstances this type of like turf war this type of like combat is kind of innate in the circumstances there mm. where it's even willing to go as far as to like, you know, let's just replace real guns with paintball guns Mm. and it does the same deed. And it became a way more beneficial substitute than actually fucking killing people with actual guns. And it became like a, a contract that everybody on the block fucking agreed with. Interesting. Right.
2: Interesting that people would agree with that.
1: So that's like a symbolic gesture of Mm. something that is innate that, needs to get tapped into should maybe not but like i don't know where what the question is exactly
2: here but like what are your thoughts on that well that i suppose the question would be like what what do you do what do you do with masculinity in a world where it's not it's non-essential like what are we going to do with the right. innate drives because the right. drives are still there and what you have is like a well, comment before was the men have fallen asleep the men have gone underground is what they've done. Their yeah. drives have gone underground, their being has gone underground because it's so uh, not uh, fashionable now. I mean, many of the traditionally masculine behaviors are, not only are they not celebrated and accepted, they're forbidden now, they're verboten, they've become taboo. It's a really good way to get canceled. So that yes, you'll see a lot of depressed, what do they you say, simping, beta males, Depressed males, testosterone... Oh, well, the other thing I heard on Timcast IRL the other day...
1: I saw the same thing.
2: Yeah, did you? Was, yeah. Talking about the testosterone levels crashing. Crashing through the fucking floor.
1: Summary real quick. Uh, there, was a, there was a thing that a appeared... Uh, BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed posted the Try Guys. I don't know if you guys know the Try Guys, but it's four dudes that aren't necessarily the most stereotypically masculine people. Mm. They took testosterone tests, and all of them reached... Way below the standard testosterone level of men in general. In fact, they their levels were lower than elderly men in their in, in their eighties. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And th- these dudes are like young. healthy, young yeah. dudes, but their testosterone levels were lower than a dude in his eighties.
2: Mm. Is that a problem? It, it's a it's a physical it can make you very sick. Apart from the fact that so there's, there's there's women in the comments saying I want masculinity. Um it apart from the fact that like there's many women who love masculinity and they want it back. But but what the point that we're making to be clear is we're not saying that women don't want it. Um it's non-essential. Yeah. Like there you it go. was essential. There we you needed go. it. We don't really need so again, we as men, as I said before, we consume our own masculinity. You as women can enjoy and kind of consume masculinity. But you don't need it. It's not essential. It used to be, if we don't have men, I'm sorry to be Anglo-centric, if we didn't have men in, in the UK who were willing to go to the southern coast of England in the bad part of World War II to fight and die, we thought Nazis were gonna land the way that they did in France Mm. and these weren't our prime men this was the fucking home guard these were older these were guys my age and older who because all of our good men were either dead (laughs) or they were already fucking fighting in the main war zone at that point you go um like I really like men I think men are jolly fine. I think the fact that they like to play rugby and box, I think it's fucking wonderful because I'm shitting myself because I don't want to learn to speak German and I don't know how well I would do in the German empire. It's frightening. That's gone. Like, it's just... We're not essential. Masculinity is not... So, it's not a question of choice. Many women, I think... Well, most of the women I'm in contact with tell me that they miss it. They miss it terribly. Yeah,
1: um... The, the current narrative with like, I don't know, younger women, Gen Z and stuff, I'm not even actually sure. Like, if any, anybody is, like, I would like to hear your opinion because mm. I, I get these, um, you know, just browsing YouTube and seeing, like, I'd have to do my research on my current generation and younger and seeing what they're interested in. I'm well, not even fucking sure, to well, be would, honest. Would Gen with you. Z
2: have anything to miss?
1: Well, that's what I mean. There's there's nothing to to base it on. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, Even
2: their fathers, the the my age. They'll be low testosterone dudes. That's what or, I'm yeah. saying. And, and maybe
1: that leads into
2: BTS, you know? <laughs> no, but, but, but like,
1: because, I mean, seriously though, like the K-pop, the BTS thing, mm-hmm. I would, let's be real here. Are they the most testosterone mm. dudes out there? I'm not saying like I'm talking shit or insulting them, but let's be real. are they actually like stereotypically more testosterone dudes yeah, but that that uh that boy band and things along the lines of that I'll fucking fall into that too sometimes mm-hmm. you know that becomes the idealization of masculinity within that current generation from what i've seen mm. so I, I mean I don't know like make well, i don't know what it is i don't know fuck
2: <laughs> that there is um I remember looking into this when I was at university. There is a long-standing tradition in Asian cultures, and I mean from from India right the way across to Japan, of um, feminine-looking men being considered attractive. Yeah, yeah, so right. So even the warrior class wore makeup. Right, Samurai right. wore makeup. The Indian warriors wore, wore, if they were if they were noble, yeah. if they were nobility, they would wear makeup. And they they were even studying the artwork, and they showed the portraits of men they considered pretty. But men they considered sorry men they considered attractive, quite feminine even if they had like the the mustache and stuff. There was still a feminine touch, a feminine, feminine it, yeah, look. Yeah. So you could, th- which to me I've always had this idea like it's not really about how you look, because guys will come to me and they'll be like, should I shave my head? Should I start lifting weights? And I'm like, I don't. You might just look like somebody who's trying to do something that they're not.
1: Real quick though, I watched the video of the dude with his like. Uh what do you call it his gains come up like his swole story basically right right. (laughs) it's actually a really good video the dude is like uh when i was growing up i i realized that like the bigger guys had more attention from girls so i just wanted to be liked by girls and the more i worked out i had actually more attention from guys than i had girls (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, guys
2: guys really like muscly men yeah yeah yeah. girls
1: <laughs> so like actually it was a comment. The comment was like works out to be more attractive to girls, but ends up a platform with ninety percent guys <laughs> instead. <laughs> God gives with one hand and takes with the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I mean obviously this is about the, the cultural clash or whatever yeah. too. I mean the Eastern standards have been different throughout the entire yeah. time. Yeah. But but the thing is the the shift now is coming from the West where you'll see more um, women or anybody attracted to dudes uh, in the West mm. being more attracted to more, I guess uh, physically feminine,
2: is, is that what it is? Oh,
1: you're talking about the, this K-pop phenomenon? Sure, K-pop or anything the, along the lines of that. Well, like, the,
2: the little bits of K-pop that I've seen um, but just, just to interject I, I, don't, I don't have a strong opinion on it, I just wonder um, they're very colourful they're very well produced there's something particularly fascinating to the adolescent mind when you have a group that you can select your one. Like boys, when we were growing yeah. up with the spice schools, who yeah. do you like the most? Their yeah. Girls can choose that yeah. one or that one. I like the rough looking one who looks like he smokes. I like the one with the, 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 mm-hmm. the whatever it is. And uh, singing and dancing is hot. It mm. always has been like, it's like a, the, the, the dancing bird, the mating call. Thing, right. Right. Yeah. Color and movement. Stephen Fry would always say go mm. for color and movement because that's what works in the animal kingdom. And it's, it's really colorful. And uh, when I watched it, I was like, it's too much for me. It's like mainlining Red Bull or something. It's too much sugar for me. Yeah. But um, I get it. I definitely I definitely get it. Yeah. And are we, do we still produce boy bands in the West? Here's no, it's
1: rappers, right? Which are flamboyant in their own way. Okay, but it's not. But again, that's also a shift because it's no longer 50 Cent, G Unit, the game, nope. and it's 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 not it's not fucking Tupac and nope. shit like that it's, anymore. It's man. a lot
2: of guys talking about their feelings. Yeah, yeah, like yeah,
1: yeah. That's right. Hip hop became emo all of a sudden too.
2: Covered in tattoos, yeah, talking yeah. about With the like antidepressants, rainbow film. fucking hair, right? Rainbow
1: fucking <laughs> hair and rainbow <laughs> clothes, and like so so. In a sense, it's actually uh, it, uh, what do you call it? like naturally masculine because the birds right. are the ones that are the, like the
2: really colorful dancing ones, the, right? The peacocks and ducks. The, the peacocks yeah. and the ducks. Yeah, they're right? the, they're the pretty they're the pretty ones. I I have no um, despite what people think or tend to assume. I have no prescriptive idea over what people should do on any subject. Really, like yeah. as long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't yeah. care. I'm very concerned with people insisting, you know, boys should do this, girls should do this, and those are the pattern. I'm like, no, people are different. Let them find their own. Don't be a fucking control freak. Some boys, some boys are gonna like that. Some girls are gonna like that. It's again, it's fear of, um, it's people not trusting their own immune system. I think. Right. So they control others because they're they're not resilient. They're fearful. Yeah. Let me throw a wrench in the
1: discomfort in the chat right now. You oh, let's this? do it. Let's so, get it uncomfortable. So here's the thing. This comment... <laughs> is, it, I, is it race or sex? It's race. The, oh, cool. So <laughs> this this comment, I actually agree with. I'm not calling out this comment for... Uh, I'm not trying to insult the comment. I'm actually... I totally agree with you. The comment said, Pierre would actually look less masculine without makeup and his hair done normally. I agree. And I completely agree. I agree. And I see these comments on this channel and anywhere else that's like why does he dress like a woman and maybe if he did it and i'm like bruh if i took off all of this shit i would look more feminine mm. and there's a reason why because perhaps your western mindset will look at a body born into this ethnicity and inherently think that's feminine now let that soak in I
2: think you called everybody racist
1: Yeah, let that soak in And if you in. didn't,
2: do it ah. <laughs> But yeah man. Well, Sam Vaknin's here Richard, I'm making a video on femboys Further elaborating on this topic Do you need me to give some input in there? Yeah, Sam, do you need oh, Pierre? I'm going to go real quick do you need, if you Speaking need, of femboys it? If it you need Pierre to, to offer some input <laughs> um, He's willing to I actually had uh, some really good conversations with Sam um back in uh pre 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 covid everything before the trauma of 2020 is super vague now 2019 early 2019 they're available on the channel um where Sam was opening me up to um the way things were going and uh, I wasn't really aware of it and I was like mm, I don't know I'm not sure about about uh about this but <laughs> Everything has been proven to be to be accurate on that one. Um, It's interesting in in Pierre's case when people ask me, uh, it's men. It's always men that ask me. You know, who is he? Uh, Where's he from? Why does he do that thing with the makeup? I'm always like, do you understand how much female attention this man is receiving? Do you understand? (laughs) My personal opinion is um, with this, like the makeup and the hair, it's neither masculine or feminine. It's an expression of difference. My personal subjective opinion, I hope nobody finds it offensive, is that women like men who stand out. And men who are uh, of a collective and standard are not perceived as good breathing partners, but a man who stands out is. And uh, it can be an expression of alpha maleness. It takes a bit of balls to walk down the street in the Czech Republic with a full fucking face of makeup as a man. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And I'm, I'm qualified to have fights with people, but I wouldn't fucking walk around with full face of makeup on. So that takes some balls, Because it's lame. Because <laughs> it's lame. It's dumb. I saw a picture of, uh, I must pull it up, there's Eddie Izzard with makeup on, yeah, but it's yeah. a recent one, and it's me. And I was going to post that, and say finally I let Pierre do my makeup for me. <laughs> you know they're no longer Eddie Izzard now.
1: They are not Eddie Izzard? They are not Eddie Izzard. Who Eddie is uh, has fully transitioned?
2: To what? I, I forgot her name. <laughs> really? Yes. I'm not even lying. Like look it up. Damn. I met Eddie once. Is he still is, is, is are they still called Edward? No, no no. Like name change. Like look it up. Okay. I met I met that human. Oh, very uh, funny very yeah. very nice human In uh, back when i used to work on a comedy club in liverpool it's hard to talk about i know i was gonna say this is like you, um, you're hopping landmines <laughs> it's hard to talk you're about the person that you referenced earlier my good friend edward uh i'm so nervous i wrote edward instead of eddie <laughs> you got all polite you got
3: well, I,
2: I went into police mode. This is how I talk to the police when they would come after a fight <laughs> on the door. i like, Good evening, officer. The gentleman in question were being quite rambunctious.
1: Look at that, dude. So you know what to say.
2: Yes, yes, uh, yes, <laughs> you honor. The, the, the this is so funny to the me. The gentleman
1: in
2: question. <laughs> oh, it says Eddie Izzard, her comedic style. Is it? Okay, oh, so it's still under Eddie. Yeah, yeah, he's still they—they uh, they are still under Eddie, but it is now uh, the female pronoun. Wait, I was gonna show. Are you sure? I was gonna show a picture because I look like Eddie, and I look like what they would look like in makeup, and now I'm not. Oh, going to do that? Still Eddie? Yes. Well,
1: yo man, mm. it's okay. <laughs>
2: You know, sometimes when your, You're friend, learning. when your friend Mickey is rapping, he sounds like 21 Savage. I find it very enjoyable. Yes. Will you do any more collaborations with him? Probably. Like, we, we made one about uh, skiing, but I don't ski.
3: <laughs>
2: Did you
1: really? Yeah, it was hit, hit the slopes, hit the slopes, <laughs> hit the slopes, you know. But it's also really cold outside, so I don't know if I could... <laughs>
2: Well, if anybody has any questions for me about not getting cancelled, yo, yo it's great I would, though. Uh, I
1: think I think we hopped around a lot of laser beams today, and I like it. It's a lot of fun for me. Speaking of which, in VR, the games where you have
2: to dodge shit is mm. so fun, man. Mm. Damn, I'm just processing. I'm I'm actually it's taking a little moment to process. On my uh, my old channel, I went into the analytics the other day. Uh, because I've not uploaded any videos there for a while and I was like what's the most popular video running at the moment and it's an old video that I posted from 2013 of Louis CK mm. it's one of the it's got like 250,000 views on my channel suddenly you know YouTube just yeah. randomly digs out old videos right. chucks it to the crowd yeah. it's like meat for the sharks and people love it it's, um, it's a piece where Louis C.K. It's a bit where he's talking about filming your kids perform at like pantomime oh, or, yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. and he's like nobody's watching. Yes, you really, you really should watch it. It's on my ch- if you just go on my channel and look up Louis C.K. He's like nobody's watching that, and then he gives an experiment that you can do to prove that nobody is watching that. Here's with a question. Raven says, "I've been getting brain zaps when I go to bed. I think it's due to making changes in my life due to your thirty day challenge. Any idea what that is?" Without wanting to like go, ooh, um, if you sincerely do everything on the 30 day challenge, um, you will start laying down new neural pathways. I know it seems so simple, we're just getting up a little bit earlier, doing a little bit of meditation, journaling, but you journaling is you communicating with yourself in a way that is powerful and meaningful. I've had major shifts on this 30 day challenge, strong, strong, emotional, um, shifts just from and what is it? It takes like maybe twenty minutes, half an hour a day. So yeah, it's uh, you'll you will be laying down new neural pathways, and as those neural pathways change, your dreams will become stranger and stronger.
1: Since we are, this is the cancel podcast, this is the laser beam podcast, I'm going to pick more.
2: I thought it was on safe, I really thought it was on safe ground. Nothing safe. Like, I was like, I know hey, him, I, I don't know him, but I met him a couple of times. And it ain't I, safe, it ain't safe, it ain't, it ain't safe. Sa-
1: but no, no, but you, you were okay. Mm. Because she
2: was still Eddie. Right. The time you met my story, him right? in right, the right. past. And if I said, I would look like that person if I had makeup, we have the same shaped face. Yes. Like, I,
1: right. I, I, I would look like BTS, a re- BTS crusty reject. You know what I mean? Same thing. <laughs> it's safe. All right. <laughs> you talk about what women want. Masculinity. Hey, I don't. No, I don't. I don't know what <laughs> Men who stand out, these things have yeah. been mentioned. What do you think men want? What do you want? Or what you want if you were interested in
2: relationships? Um, I don't think men are all that mysterious. I think there's a Freud uh, said, or it might be apocryphal, it might not be, he did, maybe he didn't really said it, um, say it, but the legend is that he says, I'm gonna go to my grave after all these years of research, having never been able to answer the question, what do women want? Um, women are, are more mysterious than men, which is what makes them, for me, as a man who likes women, what makes them fascinating men are so predictable
1: let let me ask a question in the chat
2: I love your opinion
1: is there a double standard with women saying what they want in men and if or and or if men say what they want in women
2: so we just got out of one minefield and you're like we're already here
1: dude I'm like let's go let's go fuck it Let's go. Fuck it. I mean, we're already tapped into it like a few times already. Like, fuck it. Let's keep going. So we got yeses and nos. Because from my perspective, I think if I were to say what I want in a girl, I would get immediately crucified.
2: I just wouldn't say it. Like, no, I mean, I'm not. But like, I would never. I'd never. I, uh, I'm a space squid, and I'm not sure that I'm in this reality. There are no. many realities. My tentacles extend far and wide.
1: Honestly, I've just tapped out ever since I got VR, man. Like, goddamn, bro. I there, mean, it- there is
2: there isn't really a safe way for us to publicly state what we would or not be doing in our in our private sexual lives. There would be no happy ending. Right there. There's no so- pun intended. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there wouldn't there wouldn't be a good conclusion from that. So. Make of that what you will, my dear hearts, and on top of that, you know, you have the power dynamic discussion
1: as well. So, if I were to date anybody with less followers than me, then I'm abusing a power dynamic as Mm. well. So, I mean, like, um, what I look for in a girl is what doesn't get me canceled
2: (laughs) the worst wedding vows ever.
1: Be like, uh okay, I guess I'll get married. Yeah. Like,
3: I hope, I hope you don't get me cancelled. I love, I love you. Don't get me cancelled, though. No. Swag.
1: People are going to fucking take the what I said there and somehow cancel me for that.
2: Yeah, but, yes. Because like, you you're reducing women yeah. to one thing, which is just a potentially dangerous element that could get you cancelled. You misogynizer. But if I live my life as a Kiko Komori incel just video
1: gaming 24-7 mm. with no dating at all, then mm. I'll be perfectly fine.
2: The Hikokomori thing, in that sense, you can kind of see, I think that Hikokomori is, is, is everywhere. There'll be people in this chat who are on the spectrum, if there was a spectrum, which there isn't, but let's pretend there is, of Hikokomori Ness. There'll be people on the spectrum, we're well, probably on the spectrum for it. It's like an army in a battle that's losing, and you retreat, you retreat, you mm. find the last rendezvous point, you try and find the last bastion of safety and everywhere you retreat back to the enemy fights right, it, right. <laughs> breaks down the walls right. and so uh there's a, there's a kind of a psychological a natural psychological submission in it because it isn't safe which is why when we had the uh, street shamans last week one of the things we were trying to say is let's try and have a space where i don't want to say safe space but yeah, yeah, I mean. somewhere where there is some freedom of thought where, there could, where we could make mistakes and not be in terrible, terrible trouble. Right. Like when I called Potent a Nazi. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what if he is? No.
1: <laughs> Just kidding, no. Potent. We love you, man. <laughs> Potent is not a Nazi Potent for disclaimers not- term. Yeah. The
3: least,
2: <laughs> the like, least. The la-
3: the like literally
1: post- post- the last person on a lineup. That would, that, that would be insane.
2: That would be insane. Like, did you know? Post- I was like, what? <laughs> How is that possible?
1: Yes. Any more questions? Uh, the more, the more walking on the edge, the better. The more landmines and laser beams in your question, the, the great. Yeah,
2: just- it was with the laser beams. Mm-hmm. Oh. potent, the brownest Nazi, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he said that by the way yes that was posted we're reading a comment i will highlight that for
2: legal reasons right here (laughs) bray so uh canelo apparently when he sets up he's a great counter puncher and he uses pulls so he'll pull his head back and then counter punch with a right cross and then the left hook it's beautiful do you watch canelo highlights the uh the defensive head movement it's just it's like I've, I've
1: been trying to get that like watch that that rhythm thing you watch know watch
2: some canelo stuff the he's thing a, is He's amazing
1: i filmed myself vr boxing and it Did looks you? fucking dumb oh i filmed you vr boxing as no, well. no no
2: no that, that
1: was okay you yeah, know but yeah. like like yesterday cuz i've been working on my form yeah. and i punched without the vr yeah. handles and shit and it looked yeah, yeah, fine Yeah. and then the moment i'm in like the the Stress. gear yes. like
2: the, the punches get sloppy that's sparring then, that's how, that happens in real life really? exactly the same in real okay, life okay okay so thought you, I, you were on the bags like you see people beautiful form doing their muay thai or boxing on yeah. the bags and on the pads and they get the ring they do that yeah that, that's exactly yeah. how I looked yeah, like yeah, yeah. when I put on the I was like I was practicing like, like
1: fucking yeah, yeah. putting my hips into it and everything yeah. and then the moment I'm holding the fucking
2: stupid ass handles yeah Start. Yeah. Start. The only the only way if you're doing a real world training to stop that is you have to have two people at the same level spar with one move. Okay. So it'd be like a jab counter punch. And that's okay. all you're allowed to do. And you just drill them on the form. You okay. Drill, so that if you think they could do anything and I could run, respond with anything, as a novice it's too much. Okay. start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're like, I'm only allowed to do this. And if he does that, I'm only allowed to do this. You... You stay tight, Do I tell you, these video games have made me respon- uh, respect bo- a
1: boxer's like a hundred times more it's hard. Cardio <laughs> form, yeah, it's hard. Holding back, it's a lot. You know, being focused, conscious of every movement, head yeah. movement, speed. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard Yo, I mean, they make it look easy, but goddamn, dude, when you when you're in the the, the ring, bro, this is wild. uh Let's see what else you guys It's possible to do the Gundam solution to war in which the strongest warrior from each nation fights in place of wars in giant mechs. (laughs) Do you think that one day, though, like, differences could be settled through VR space, like Ready Player One type shit?
2: I, um... Well, I mean, to a degree, if you look at drone strikes, they kind of already are. Ooh, yeah. I mean... (laughs) We already have mech robots that go out and uh, yeah. kill but people at their, at their weddings. But where both ends don't get obliterated. Right. Like, it's just digital. Yeah. Well, it's the, just poor people who die, so they don't count. Oh, yeah. No, it's okay. okay. Like, as, the low, as long as you're only killing the lowest Fuck. classes of humanity. So that drone strike shit's so dark, man. Yeah. It's nasty. It terrible, but, man. But it's the logic. Again, we're on this process of civilization where, yes, I could send in my special ops guys, you know, painted up and they're slitting throats with daggers. But they're all really expensive, and if they get captured, they get tortured, and they release important information. Use a robot. Yeah. Use a robot. So it's a it's a natural consequence. This one of the many ways in which technology. Uh, it's probably actually the example we should have used earlier. It it just makes masculinity redundant.
1: Right. Speaking of which, as more people are growing up without fathers, maybe that's the origin of the fear of traditional masculinity.
2: Yeah, it's that's. Uh, it's a problem. So, as
1: I have the the greatest thoughts as I'm peeing and then mm. finishing pee-pee. It's the stream. It's the
2: stream of consciousness. It's streaming out of your penis. Yes. What did you say? Is it cow? Go. 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 Uh, Go. So,
1: you brought up a really small point that I'm still, like reflecting on when you said they didn't uh the, the generation that's now raised up they don't they didn't have a baseline of masculinity mm. to oh, aim Gen it Z, towards Gen Z, yes. or if it is a baseline it's yeah. like the the less traditionally masculine right. fathers yeah. that raised them so maybe that's why they have a natural inclination to find dudes with that familiar softish energy yeah or on the other end uh, they completely reject traditional masculinity because their father either never did that or never were around for it, and they yes. don't know like what healthy masculinity looks like, yeah, and stuff of like stuff like that. I don't know.
2: Whilst whilst secretly and guiltily beating off over porn from yeah. a disturbingly young age with their free flowing 4K yes. pornography, God knows what it does to these kids' brains. So daddy's not around, or he's around but he's hyperfeminized. Meanwhile, they're consuming. Like uh, brutes in porn. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Ath- athletic, muscular, steroid-infused pornography. Without getting too graphic here, I do remember. I'm, I'm like, not
1: old, by all means, but I have a few you years that, on bitch. Me. <laughs> I'm getting them, bitch. <laughs> Yo. I saw a shift in girls that weren't into being thrown around daddy choke me spank me and mm-hmm. then to a period where the memes were only daddy choke me spank me
2: which is it happened a, overnight It's a calling for masculinity right first right first for masculinity so then at
1: the same time the narrative is painted that the dudes who do that are toxically masculine mm. at the same time it's training a
2: generation to want that mm. while rejecting it yes which makes your sexuality um, sort of sort of schizophrenic. You know uh, there is a schism between the desire and that which is acceptable, which is a horrible thing to space to raise people through. It's a kind of psychological torture, because you, you're craving this thing. You don't know why you want it, but you know it's wrong, the ultimate wrong, but you, you can't stop craving it internally, but externally, you're performatively virtue signaling that all forms of masculinity. Which
1: which makes that person double down more in the repressed sexuality too. Absolutely, this is pure Freud. Freud. So they even want more violence than what they originally consumed because the dissonance of what they're supposed to be in day-to-day life too.
2: Because we're not balanced, we're not integrating. So we're polarizing out to the extremes and it, it really hurts people, it really, really messes them up. So the idea of, I mean, just the present... I don't know, like a present masculine male with no performative or outlandish or compensatory displays of masculinity. I don't know. I've not hmm. seen many, or I couldn't say, oh, that person over there, that's a shining example. That guy over there, there's a shining example of it. Just don't think it's around. that That's that one thing that
1: I'll kind of fiddle around with in my head. It was like, I mean, from my own experiences of what I've seen online, just people, like, people don't have boundaries anymore, so they expose fucking everything, but, like, generally with the people that are so aggressive with maybe hating men or whatever else, like, Mm. the next post is, like, wanting the most abusive Mm. forms of sexuality that
2: I'm really uncomfortable with even for me, like, Jesus, like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know it's, it's, it's Freud playing out I think it's, Fre- it's Freudian it's the, it's the fetishist split the funny thing about human psychology is the more of a taboo something is the more desirable yeah, it becomes right. it's a much more uh, appetizing thing if you're told don't don't do it it's naughty it's wrong and if you do it then you're a naughty person
1: right which which makes me I've thought about this about the whole anti-kink shaming thing and I'm like if kinks didn't have shame Mm. they're not kinks anymore yeah that's right they're no longer kinks yep. if you don't shame
2: them the yeah, reason right. why they're
1: appealing is that there's shame involved yeah, they're, <laughs> You know they're, what I
2: mean? they're underground uh, I, I came at that from a different thing when I was uh, dealing with a cocaine addiction in my 20s I always thought I wonder if a part of this is the fact that I have to do it secretly and it's illegal like what if everybody just sat with a bottle of beer and a mirror and a razor and, and everybody was just allowed to snort coke I was like, I definitely would feel differently uh, about doing it. It's doing that which you are not supposed to do. It seems to me to be the case that human sexuality, in many ways, is based on breaking boundaries. That's where we're most excited when we break uh, uh, taboo. Yeah. Yeah. This is, again, it's Freud. Uh, seems to be banging Freud's drum tonight. Oh, he'd like that, wouldn't he? Um, he was very progressive in his views on uh, human kinks and fetishes. He said that human kinks f- and fetishes are so ubiquitous, we shouldn't think of them in kinks, uh, kinks, fetishes, and perversions. We should just think of them as human sexuality. If, so his point was, if there is human sexuality, it can't be divorced from some other element, some fetish, like some there, perversion, some kink.
1: Like there is no just purely appropriate no. form of no.
2: flipping. No, it doesn't exist.
1: Like that otherwise people would be doing it on the streets all the time. and. Mm. Majority of the people would not be okay with that.
2: Just people flipping on the fucking streets all the time. I don't want to see that. (coughs) Excuse me. People's people's hairy bagpipes out. It would disturb me. I would find it offensive.
1: (laughs) Blow some more questions at us. Hard.
2: No. No. Tyrion Lannister, I'm telling you, <coughs> it's a really good Tyrion Lannister. I really impression. want
1: to play a villain in a movie or a TV show or a YouTube video of mine, which I will. Yeah, you should. Um, it's okay. Uh, do you worry about environmental factors? Waters that trace with estrogen herbicides, opioids, and water would play a role in it.
2: Um, I think we have to consider, um, all of the uh, the sources of the problem. Um, it does seem to be the case that there are there are chemical reasons why men's testosterone levels are dropping I think
1: something more powerful is just its culture man. People are really susceptible to things and Anything I think something way more powerful than just putting some chemicals in the water is just propaganda and uh, cultural influence putting ideology in your mind. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that'll do way more in a short amount of time than a, a bit of fucking cocaine in the water or whatever, you know. Yeah.
2: Um. Hey, Richard. Yeah. How come you're not dating anybody? Oh my god. How do you know I'm not just lying my ass off whilst being highly promiscuous? <laughs> I could be. Who knows what the space squid is really doing with his tentacles? What does even what does dating even mean though? Oh, I wasn't gonna go there. I whenever on Instagram when they would ask me on the Q&A's, anybody would be like, ask a question about dating, I'd go into a rant about how I thought it was the most disgraceful Western You did that
1: on the stream that you just recently did too. I've done it really. You went off for a while
2: on on dating, yeah. Did I really? On the last stream? Yeah. Fuck. Oh yeah, I did a little bit. I went off on romance and stuff, didn't I? Romance, particularly. Uh, Dating. Don't know what it is. Don't recognize it. It's not for me. You can keep it. You can shove it up your bottom. Sorry, I don't mean you, the question. I I don't know what dating means now.
1: Like. what is it? What is that? Like going is, out to talk
2: to coffee? Like, what, what is that? It is a it's, disgraceful American <laughs> consumerist decadent corrupt notion for perverts and disgraceful um, <laughs> people. It's a it's, uh, dating is a uh, I find it humiliating.
3: But the
1: thing is, it's both parties won't even admit to it, it, something being a date, too. Like, right. no one wants to say something as a date either. So, I mean, like, we've abolished it ourselves. Like, I've never been in a situation where, like, do you consider it a date? Yes, we can go on a date. No, it's just like, let's just meet up for coffee and see how it is. We can just talk as friends. You know, and you know what
2: thing. I think a legitimate date is? Two toddlers who are put together by their parents for a play date. There That's, you go. that's a date. I don't, I don't I don't, think I've ever been on a date in my life. Ever ever in my life. Have I been on something that I'd be like, oh, well, I'm on a date. I'm dating. And it just doesn't... It's not part of my uh, paradigm. Let's hang out," says I'm we'll
3: called netflix <laughs> okay. Richard,
2: would you let Pierre do your makeup? um I, I t- technically sort of have in the Slavoj
1: Žižek video. Oh, it's true. on this channel. Yeah, that's true. But it was it was like not like glamour makeup necessarily.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know <laughs> what would my future career in politics look like. Guys, not everybody's suit for makeup. Like, I would look like that person that we mentioned earlier, who looks great. Who looks, Zer looks great. Who, uh, Axl Rose? That's the one. Heroin was a really good diet for that man. And when he stopped, (laughs) cheeseburgers, have you seen him? (laughs)
1: You're you walking a line. You're walking a line, walk a line right now, Britt. That's probably the most controversial that you said here. <laughs> drugs do seem to keep
2: people in shape though, darling. I've <laughs> Is this the man
1: that ate Axel Rose? If I were to humor <laughs> your sentiments, I hear in the late eighties drugs were rampant. Rampant. And a lot of these rock stars. Rock stars that existed in the 80s. Mm. Now, I would assume that there was an ingredient left out in their image from when they were in their 80s, or living in the 80s Mm. to uh,
2: years down the line. Muy interesante. Muy, muy interesante, mis amigos. Este mundo, yo no entiendo mucho de este mundo. It's a very confusing world. It's called Age, right, and it just just happens. It happens. It happens, what are you gonna do, kid? What is your fave 80s song? I was trapped in an Uber the other day. I wasn't trapped, I'd asked them to drive me somewhere, and they played 80s rock music. And on this channel, I've said numerous times, I love all music. That is a fucking lie. There's a type of 80s drive time, middle of the road rock that makes me feel physically sick, like Alex in A Clockwork Orange and i think it's cuz my mother used to hammer it when i was a kid being driven around in the back of her volkswagen and i get it, i it actually makes me car sick there's like um i don't
3: know what for, right. a ray got love myself
2: I
1: don't like
2: it. I don't like me it. Me neither, man. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. I don't, I really makes me feel sick. Don't stop believing. That one, and then uh, the the Ch- Chesney Hawks' "I Am the One and Only," came on, and I was like, I think I'm in pain. I think this song is hurting me.
1: Yo, I'm telling you, when that shit comes on at karaoke nights, I'm like.
2: like (laughs) Are you in there? Do you like it? No. You don't like it? No. I am the one. I'm like, ooh, I don't know who this is for.
1: I don't know
2: what we're doing with this track.
1: I can't tell if I'm disgusted with the track or or the the amount of how people are interested in the track. That I particularly (laughs)
2: loathe. How very, (laughs) very enthusiastic everybody is for that shit. I think
1: about the song itself, and it's like, probably, it's it's all right, you know? But I think about the sheer joy. (laughs) The sheer joy Mm. that people get in karaoke bars with. Unacceptable. Unacceptable.
3: Stop! Anyway, it's like,
1: Blee they were feeling themselves. They make that face.
2: <laughs> and they do the face. <laughs> this is my song and it's about my life and how I'll never stop believing. Why? Like what how? What is this really? What? Somebody wrote Bon Jovi before. There's the, there's the cowboy song by by John Jovi, that I very, very much like, but I generally I think that was by John Bon Jovi, but I generally don't like Bon Jovi. Uh from Young Guns Two. That I liked very, very much. That's like a bad, uh, what do they call it? Is it outlaw country? There's a type of country music. Why am I asking you? What <laughs> the fuck do I? know? Yeah. Tell me about the genres of country music. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> back when I drove my pickup. Uh... You know, my sister loves country music. Yeah, I mean. Can <laughs> I tell you about this? She played a track one day and it was, um, it was, uh, the lyrics were like, on 9-11, Uncle Sam got stabbed in the back. And so we went and punched them in the eye. And I was like, I was like, the good old right, red, white, and blue, we got some justice for you. I was like, what the fuck is this fucking redneck propaganda? She's like, I just really, I just really enjoy country music. I like country music. I'm like, you like this song? The good old red, white, and blue, we got some justice for you. Ring-a-ding-dang. Does this count as uh,
1: country music? Like the, the like, fucking renegade Western shit? Like, yeah, I
2: think that's Outlaw Country.
1: Outlaw Country? Yeah. Is that shit cool? That's good. That's oh, yeah, good I like guy that guy. shit. Like, that's, that stuff is great. I don't know if it's considered yeah. country, though. Like, Yeah. Like, yeah, it's dark. It's dark. It's it's good.
2: dark. It's good. With, the, with the fucking saddles. Right, so that. Oh, that the that, heels that, and shit. That's it. So that John Bon Jovi song sounds yeah. like that. Okay. It has that. That you can do, I won't attempt it. Yeah. But down down. Yep. Down, down, yeah. down, 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 down. That's how it starts. It's got, it's got like a Johnny dead That's alive. it. Dead yeah, or alive. Yeah, yeah, it's got like a what? Johnny Cash sort of a, a vibe. Yeah. So. That, that
1: part's a bit more. I mean, that song in particular is a bit more commercialized, but that yeah. feel. The feel like, is good. The feel is good. Mm. Black. Look up Black Angels. You would like Black Angels. That mm. band taps into that like
2: sound really well makes Mm. you feel like you're you're in the fucking desert with two revolvers ready to fuck shit up that's what i'm all about and a heavy duster looking like Kiefer sutherland in his heyday what do you people think about old town road getting kicked out of the country charts when it was doing very well with old billy ray in it is that a loaded question i'm just asking I, I imagine our people would probably think it was a terrible idea to kick it out of the country chart. It seemed a bit unfair to me.
1: Yeah, of course, man. That was like the epitome of country, dude.
2: It was a proper, proper yeah, country. You just chart. got a trap beat and they're like, oh my God, that's not real country. So, ask us a question. Make it one question long and end in a question mark. And uh, we'll probably. Hey, that was 22, we've done.
1: Is Jolene uh, considered country? Like, Jolene, Jolene. Yes. Jolene, that's a good track. I like that. Like, the, whatever that feel is, yeah. is this
2: cool? Uh, Well, like, you like kirk Bane, and so there's not that much of a like you yeah. he would be informed by okay. that sort of singing style yeah, yeah. it's very raw the rawness yeah
1: like, i think that the country needs the rawness right yes. it's not like the overall oh, the burrow rolling so rain alone
2: alone darling da ding da ding dang da ding <laughs> i'll punch you in the eye with the good old red white and blue uh, that's Dolly Parton, yeah. Yeah, man. Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. it's good. Of course, it's country, says in it in block. Cancel. Have you
1: heard Miley Cyrus cover it? No. It's really good. Yeah. She's, dude, she's become, it's crazy, she aged into an ultimate badass. Like, right? she's fucking cool now. Like, the stuff that she makes now and her general attitude with things it's is, good. is pretty It's pretty dope, dude. Did yeah. she
2: collaborate with Nine Inch Nails? Did she? Yeah, I think so. Oh, think shit. So. Well, she was certainly playing Nine Inch Nails chords in, a, like, a Black Mirror episode, which was nice. Can we talk about how kindness gets misinterpreted for romantic intentions and how that creates a social disconnect? That sounds weirdly specific and personal to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had kindness. Oh, no, that's not true. I'm gonna say it. You say it. Gender dynamics—they're different. They're different. You watch yourself, Pierre. Mm-hmm. You just watch yourself, Sunshine. They're different. Everyone's the same. They're different. Okay, never they mind are. then. No, it's true. They are different. I so, have I have on on online. I've had uh, when I've when I've helped people online. It's been misconstrued sometimes, for sure. Yeah, I think
1: you're in a different position as well as me. But uh, I guess I can speak for a generalization. I think. Um, a lot of dudes maybe not, might not get overall kindness in general in their lives, let alone from who they're attracted to, generally the opposite sex. So when they are given a type of niceness from the opposite sex, their brain from years of rejection or not being treated nicely can often come off as like maybe they're attracted because gender dynamics they're different you know where i think if if uh well it actually goes both ways now i think about it where i think a lot of times too if a dude is nice to a girl the girl can think that the dude's flirting too Mm -hmm. so in the same way where if a Girls being nice to a guy, mm. they can also think it's flirting. So I guess it does go both ways in, in a in sense. Terms of,
2: in ter- if we look at biology in terms of signaling, um, kindness is akin to intimacy. You usually, wouldn't offer ki- kindness is akin to affection, which is akin to intimacy. So it can be a confusing signal.
1: Okay, so here's another layer that I just thought about right now. Where in Slavic nations, in Slavic nations, um, people are generally really cold with people to strangers in general like from the get-go people who can be very short with you and at times pretty rude um and kindness is reserved for anybody that they like or friends or whatever else where in the west we prioritize kindness overall which can actually lead to a misinterpretation of things because maybe naturally we are inherently or instinctively just nice to people that we like Mm. and are have a connection with Mm. but because of the uh commercialization of the western world we're trained to be nice to absolutely everyone yes so maybe that tricks the instinctual part of our brain to naturally link that to attraction where out here there's very little misinterpretation
2: because people are just so cold as strangers all the time yes do you remember the 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 czech girl who was bringing us drinks we were by the river and I'd had a couple of drinks. So I was chatting. Yeah. And I was being sort of funny friendly to bring her up during her boring shift. Yeah. And then she hung around awkwardly waiting for me to ask for her. A- oh, she was into you, bruh. So this can be. She definitely. was
1: into you. Yeah. She was waiting for like, is he going to ask for my info right now? What's <laughs> taking this motherfucker so she long? She really
3: was doing that. I was <laughs> lingering. Yeah.
2: Like, I was I was like, yo, you just give her your number, bruh. He's looking at me like, what What did you do that for, dickhead? Why, why did you... And I was like, I was trying to be funny, so, I was trying as a, to be nice.
1: To go, to go back into it, it's yeah. the Western thing. And yeah. the UK has politeness. You invented it, actually. You invented politeness. And your level of politeness is like layers above, I think, most other
2: cultures, really. Maybe Japan. Like, Japan, I don't know. Japan and the Brits probably can meet head to head if Brits are being polite, which, which we're definitely not always, but if we're making an effort... We understand nuanced politeness. I believe at Japanese black belt levels, almost. Yeah. We're the only nation who can. I I think who would who right. and, and puts can put such an emphasis on on manners. Right. So, it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Stifling. It can be stifling. Completely Yo, stifling. Well,
1: I I'll, I'll be fucking real with everyone here right now. When I first met up with you in real life mm. and I saw you talk to waiters and waitresses mm. and stuff like that like, by all means, I'm not fucking rude. I thought I was overly fucking polite. Like, mm. I, I go out about my way to be really polite in these situations, but you like, you something switches in your brain mm. and like you have a cane all of a sudden and a tuxedo just appears Mm. Mm. and your level of politeness just surpassed what I'm capable of. It's,
2: it's years of working shitty jobs in the security industry. And I'm just like, I know, I know what it's like waiting tables and dental work and stuff. And it can really make a difference if somebody's nice, and friendly you know you're trying to get through your shift and you tip people but you can also emotionally
1: tip people someone said the accent helps and i i do think everything spoken in this accent sounds 10 times more polite i code
2: change i'll be talking normally and it'll be a bit scouse, and then somebody will come to me like oh thank you very much my dear but then that's also sometimes fucking with people's perception of what a british person would talk like yeah yeah. so i know that that it's an easy way to get a cheap laugh Hmm. it's the cheapest laugh you can get just be like, oh, thank you very much, my dear. Be mm. like, oh, look, it's English gentleman is here.
1: You know what's crazy?
2: Sometimes, if I really
1: want to come off polite, mm. subconsciously, a little hint of English accent comes
2: in, especially with questions. Yeah. Do you mind? Like, you know, just like. Wow, well, that's a that's a whole other. Talk. I don't know that much about it, but when you look at like American nobility, um, certainly the way it's rendered in like pop culture and TV shows, series, and films, there is a leaning towards sort of emulating english costume right yeah yeah. okay yeah, at yeah, that yeah american nobility the top level of of wealth and the blue blue eye bloodlines yeah, yeah. There would be an emulation of right that. you wouldn't talk with a broad boston accent or a broad yeah you, know, you would try and sort of tighten everything yeah
1: because uh with the american western renegade backstory just mm. the overall tonality of it is if i just said do you mind you know it could come off kind of aggressive yeah where i i i I will notice this after I do it too. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, do you mind if I just sit here for a second?
2: Like it like you, this. You weird... just let the bass out of your voice. So we're back to masculinity again. Masculinity mm. is, can be mm. much like when you when I talk to kids, I don't talk to children with this tone. I'll say, like, yeah, hey, yeah. what are you doing? What are you playing? And my like, instinctively yeah, like, right. You uh, bring it up. Yeah. You bring it up. Because it's um the bait just the bass in your voice can be like aggressive right? well it fills the space and it you yeah. f- like like uh, you feel the bass in somebody's voice it reverberates through your whole body <sighs> As you feel violated from it masculinity right? takes up space it okay. alters the environment it pushes things out of its way quite unconsciously because that's what it is so if you turn that down and you bring your voice up and you become more polite it, it's it it changes things for sure I sometimes wonder if that's why I get so much fucking
1: aggressiveness on the Check phone calls with customer service, because I'll be like talking in my lower register just naturally and with an American accent, and I think they
2: just think I'm just some fucking like I, entitled boomer. I, I don't I don't speak Czech, but the friend of both of ours who's helped us with a couple of customer services issues, I don't know what she's saying, but I know she's putting in um, there's a proper word for this in English. She's putting in phrases that are unnecessary, but that convey politeness. Okay. G- good day how are you i'm just calling to ask if it's not too much trouble instead of like yo hey listen. i
1: have a question about a pack <laughs> right yeah nobody then hello i was wondering if i had yeah. a package coming nah. i don't care if you have package <laughs> american dog yeah american <laughs> dog you have package i don't give a fuck if you have package you yeah. package yourself send yeah. it over to the place it's yeah. fine
2: yeah we're in a country where people introduce themselves when they meet they say their surname and when you leave at any level of class that I've seen even in the gym like pretty rough dudes in the gym when you leave they say goodbye and have a nice day that's not happening in gyms in Liverpool goodbye have a nice day to a fucking stranger we don't that's that's not a thing so this I mean this
1: ties into the whole like cultural clash like globalizing thing because I learned this voice and Fucking assertiveness because I lived in Southern California and I needed to do that to get anybody to take me seriously. And then now I'm moving to a place that doesn't enjoy it. So now I have to like deprogram myself again.
2: It's a savage land. (laughs) It really is. It is though. It is a savage land. It's fucking barbaric, man. But it's under layers of social convention and cultural norms and everything, but it is a more of a savage land.
1: Right. So then you try to attribute that attitude to a place that doesn't like ask for it and it just never like no.
2: lies incorrectly? No no. I, I I I do okay here but I talk here to people as a foreigner the way I would in Asia. So I'll go to I'll go to lengths to polite polite it up. Plus as well I'm aware that a lot of the Brits that come to Prague they just drink and puke in the street. You wanna plug? What am I plugging? You tell us more about your upcoming interview with David Are like, you you're going to finish that one? You can have that one, Are darling. you sure you don't want that? No, no, I'll feel terrible tomorrow. Carry on. You can have that. Down you go, Pierre. I'm going to go pee while you... I'll pee and drink at the same time. It's, oh. called, it's called homeostasis. <laughs> Somebody screen capture that moment. <laughs> okay. Uh, what did you tell me to do? Oh, I should talk to these people. David Icke. Oh, David Icke, yes. David Icke is on the uh, 17th, which is next Wednesday. Um, And I'm doing it in the studio here in Prague. And then I think we're doing Tentacle Quest on straight afterwards. So I'll be talking to him from 4 p.m. UK time. We'll probably do an hour and a half to two hours. Um, And we're gonna talk about anything and everything. Um, And I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So I'm very, very happy to be speaking to Mr. Ike. I've been working with his lads, uh, Gareth and Jamie, uh, on and off for a couple of years now. Really, really nice lads. Good family, good people. So I'm looking forward to it. What are you gonna ask David Ike? Um, I have a list of questions and you'll have to tune in to find out. Jacob says, are either of you two interested in affiliate programs or channel sponsorships? it it really depends. We're both very very protective of our brands, so it must be brand congruent. Um, you're probably best speaking to P- of the two of us. You're better off speaking to Pierre first, uh, because Pierre does a lot of my brand management anyway. Uh, what about me? Um, he was asking a person was asking, "Are we interested in affiliate programs or sponsorship?" And I said that they should speak to you first. It Is must flashlights. If it's not for flashlights, the answer is no. Yeah. Please, bring David Icke onto Tentacle Quest on. <laughs> that would be quite a mix. That would be. We could, we could bring his boys on. We could definitely bring a, a Gareth and Jamie, would come on for sure. For sure. Will Richard interview David Icke with your own channel too? Not, it won't be streamed here on Tentacle Quasson, It will be streamed on my main channel and on Richard Grannon Philosophy as well. Blackthorn Romeo says, can you imagine a flashlight of a... No, I'm not saying that. Um, no. Listen. Listen. you trying to get rid of his interview. <laughs> Just stop it. Are you really paying and drinking?
1: Ex- explain why men are not compatible with me flipping the way that men are com- Mag- Okay so you got that the, the she's saying that men who wouldn't be on paper compatible mm. would flip better than dudes that would be compatible
2: I tension Yeah friction I, I'm still I'm still learning this at 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 my age I'm still learning this and in some ways I'm more open to, like, more woo answers. There seems to just be a connection with people sometimes. And it's just this raw chemistry, and I think it is instant. I think it is absolutely instant. I had a connection with somebody just a few days ago, and, like, I was surprised, and and she looked surprised as well, but it was was right there. Don't know. Don't know why. Friction, man. Yeah. Like... But why? I, because that's what makes babies, dude. But why do you respond to people who you like, they're not like in your looks category, or you, you have a prescribed idea of what you think you like, and then you see somebody who's not like that at all, and it's just there? Um, is I mean, it the soul reaching
1: out to the other soul. There's a few ways. That's that's the metaphysical way. Biologically, is maybe like genes wanting to be have, having the most diverse okay. elements of everything. Mm. So there's that. It's metaphysical but ultimately i think it boils down to tension man because if you look at examples of like long marriages that fizzle out and there's yeah. nothing nothing in the bedroom it's because there's less tension right there's there's it's just kind of there and then but those with like a bit more fucking fight and shit like oh come on last i mean everybody you know has some life experience in the room right the most toxic situations that you've been in probably had the most enjoyable flip right like <laughs> Yes. I, I mean that's yeah. that's it's tension. That's that's what that's what encourages a lot of um, good bedroom behaviors. Yeah. Because if you think about it.
2: <laughs> and I do.
1: The act of flipping is violent. It's tension and violence.
2: It is the way you do it. Excuse me. I'm a loving vanilla individual. You know those those films in the 80s, whenever there'd be a sex scene, the curtains would billow and there'd be candles. And then uh, the best example of this was Tom Cruise in Top Gun. And the man is on top of the woman and they're kissing and they start gliding. When I was a kid in the 80s, I'd grow up and I'd be like, what are they doing? <laughs> do you have sex? And the man's kind of like on top of Wait, the butt, that's doing a, this. I thought that's how you're supposed to do it. There's Am many, I doing it wrong? Many ways, many paths, many masters. <laughs> well, even even
1: the softest approaches to it, it's still a violent act. Like, you're invading each other's fucking space, and it's, it becomes like this thing, you know? Yeah. It's not... It's not a nice, polite no. tea sipping activity. And if it is, I apologize. That's what you've experienced. I thought you were
2: apologizing to the girls you'd had
1: sex with. I'm so sorry. I'm
2: sorry, guys. I'm, just, I'm a real soft boy <laughs> on the inside. Like, I got feelings. Do you believe that tone of voice and being nice is simply effective because it makes the hearer feel disarmed and accepted and safe? Uh. Just there's a lot to it I mean you know you don't have to be nice to people Um, sometimes when I'm in Liverpool and I do seminars there I'll have the lads that I used to work security with will come and watch the seminar and sometimes they'll do the security for the seminar so I'll I'll be chatting to them and we'll be talking the way we would on a cold night in Liverpool on the door and then I go into the seminar room and I forget not to do that but you can't talk like psychoanalysis and emotional literacy. If you're talking with a really thick accent and you're trying to say, like, listen, you've got to get in touch with your emotions. You've got to name the emotion to a nuanced level so that you can process the emotion. Otherwise, it's never going to go away, and you're going to suppress it. It's going to come back, and then your unconscious is going to get you're going to get fucking <laughs> supre- you Are going to be possessed by the shadow side? That's the greatest thing I've ever heard, man. Then people will be like, "What? What is this? Is he Scottish or Irish, or what is that gibberish?" So you, you, you it's code have- switching. Code switching, you have to code yeah. switch. And so then you're in coach mode and you're talking to somebody who's in a vulnerable state. So the aggressive, like, uh, patois yeah. is not, it's just not appropriate. You have to be like, okay, let's come down to this level. I know that you're hurting. How do I find, I want you to trust me. I need a safe connection. So the voice tone would encourage that. I, I don't know where I heard this, but um, I think it makes a lot of sense
1: that. This, this overall politeness situation with a bunch of strangers and everybody in general, uh, America specifically was because of America being uh, founded by a bunch of immigrants from a bunch of different cultures. And they needed a way to sell goods, capitalism, to, to sell goods to different ethnicities and tribes of people. So what they agreed with was basic, simple language plus politeness because mm. that shows the lack of danger and it disarms people in order to sell so a lot of like the politeness comes just purely from capitalism and trying to Mm -hmm. sell shit
2: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely
1: it's really easy it's a lot easier to sell shit when people are nice to you you know what i mean so i mean like (laughs) you see how they market shit out here (laughs)
2: yo bro you know, the way they try to sell shit and market
1: themselves out here, bro, it's like it's
2: a really different world here. Very, very different world. Especially with the marketing stuff, it's. You remember the when we got iPhones? Oh yeah.
1: And the, the way that like they would talk, try to like sell you shit, but they didn't even try to sell you anything.
2: Like they were what did they even go about it? It was, like... it was very, very awkward. It was yeah. painful, painful yeah. to be sold, uh, <laughs> sold a product here in in the Czech Republic because. I, I feel like I maybe I'm too obsessed with it I really feel like this is the effect of communism I just keep in my yeah. space I and you're you and I'm me if I talk to you I could get reported if I say too much I could get reported so the idea that I'm going to be like hey I know what you need mm. uh, this is what you need look at this, this is, I think you're going to really enjoy this feature it's not the presupposition and the assumption is so it's considered so boundary breaking and rude right, here right. so they'll stand on their island and you're on your island and right. they're vaguely signaling the phone is good why is the phone I said to a guy in chat why is the phone good because it is big I was like he's <laughs> bigger and I was like that's not a joke yeah he literally said it's bigger so what what makes that better it's, it's larger than this this one with no laughter <laughs> and I'm just looking at him like work with me homie I'm trying to I get some banter some report going here like but why because I just told you it's big this one small this one big <laughs> well
3: okay
1: <laughs> I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because just uh like I appreciate that that type of communication isn't commonplace where Mm. everyone in America is always selling you shit all the fucking time. So it was refreshing to see people out here like hold back on that situation. Yeah, yeah. But it's frustrating as hell when you actually want info and you want to be sold (laughs) to and they don't do it. But I mean- (laughs) I thought the guy was joking. (laughs) Yeah. But like, to be fair, when I, I remember I got a commission job in uh, selling jeans, at diesel and, or just retail in general. And it was Boundary Bay. Boundary. Boundary Bay. Boundary Bay. Boundary Bay. Boundary Bay. Boundary Bay. Boundary Bay. bay. We broke Um, the boundary between Pierre's brain and his tongue. It happens. Um, (laughs) It's fucking. It wasn't natural to me. I don't think it's natural to anybody. Like. (laughs) That sales approach and politeness is like invasive as fuck and it yeah. like I was really uncomfortable the first times like going about that. It's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not
2: fun. It's not natural. It's no. not real. It's not no. truthful. Like, it's a dance. It's, yeah. just, it's just a dance. I, I learned all my sales and marketing techniques from from Americans. and uh, We're the best at that. Best. Uh, best. I would
1: say best. we claim to be the best at everything. We're really good at marketing, AKA lying our asses
2: off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sales and marketing, it's, it's the best. It's the best in America. And shooting as well, apparently. Shooting, I, like? Apparently, uh, the, the, the lads that I know who are military contractors, they said some of the best, best training in the world you'll get is in America because of the sheer amount of experience that, somebody was telling me, they was giving me comparative statistics of like a special forces soldier over a five year period and a SWAT team member in Los Angeles. And he was like, the sheer number of engagements and rounds fired is so much higher. Yeah. That you would that we that's we go to them for for some of the highest level training.
1: Yeah, you know, another thing that kind of ties into that, I think we were watching skateboarders in Prague. Yeah. You're right? And I I was like, they're they're good here. There are some people that are really good, but to this I'm not I'm when I went to the skate park in Southern California The average 16-year-old kid, Mm. fucking kickflip, smith, fucking frontside 180 out like nothing, you know, airing out of the bowl, doing judos and shit. I'm like, what? And then, you know, the standard out here, I mean, it's not as crazy. And I was like, what would differentiate the two? And I thought, well, it's the sheer amount of weather and accessibility to skateboarding. Yeah. where in barcelona mm. they're really good skaters too mm. but it's just the sheer access to having good weather in
2: order to skate which allows them to just do it more and in the same way of shooting lots of big flat open spaces yes where here we have a lot of cobbles there you go so barcelona is flat and there was a, i only stayed in barcelona once and i stayed in a, in a hotel where there's tons of skaters outside because it was just flat was it macba uh there's
1: the modern art museum macba I
2: I think is that where they're known for going? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. You only see skaters. It's the Modern Art Museum. Right. Yeah. That's the bit of town I think I was in. Yeah, and there was they were they were really really good. They were awesome. The other thing I've noticed in California is the age at which people get on boards. Yes. So even my sister's kids, like one of the kids, I think is fourteen months, and he can already be on a board, uh, but it has handles. It's not scooter. A skate, scooter. Yeah. And he just rides along on it, and I'm like, I don't think I was doing that when I was. That age, it's, yeah. it's got two wheels. He has to power.
1: Yeah, so like, so skateboarding and guns are just mm. so inherently <laughs> in the culture, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we
2: want you to walk away with from this conversation. But
1: that's the reason why there's everyone's so good at those things. There, it's just there. introduced at a younger age and yeah. the accessibility to it. Yes, or maybe if you look at Japan and Korea, the technology is introduced at such a young age too that the developments there are just could be.
2: could be. Yeah, man. Wow, we should probably look at wrapping this up. Because I need to go eat some food. It's nearly three hours. I need to eat did you food. order anything? No. You want a chicken bowl? No, darling. No, you. You have your chicken bowl. Right. I have. I have boxes of food at home.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: You guys have a good time. Type in croissants and squid emojis if you dare. We
2: want. We want croissants and squid emojis, please. How long did this go for? Nearly three. Oh shit! And we've been around. There's
1: been lots of people here tonight. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a pretty big view count, man. Thank you all. Next week for Technical Croissant, we'll be in a professional studio for the first time, live. Straight after, Ike's conversation.
2: Can I can I sit on that? I want to hear. You can sit in. Yeah. 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 Well, obviously, you. I'm oh, if you're, sat, if, you're, if you're sat behind the scenes, you'll be able to see him. It'll be a bit weird if you can if you can only see me and you will hear him. But okay. if you sit where our friend sits, you'll be able to watch him as well. Absolutely, you can sit on it, yeah? Swag. There'll be me in a room talking to a flat screen TV of David. Swag. Yeah. So Black Mirror. What a fucking world,
1: man. Mm. Crazy as shit. All right, so next Wednesday, we got double content ready for you. And until then, Tentacle chrysantians.
2: We will see you then. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so very much for your time and your attention. We truly do appreciate it. And we very much look forward to seeing you very, very soon indeed. I can hear that in my soul.